Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Good afternoon, everybody. Coming to you in our new time slot into our second week, wrapping up our second week in the new time slot, 3 until 6. This show is brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. We're sounding a little different because we are out of the cage today. And uh, we've moved it on site here on the concourse, uh, north west side of the concourse here i guess it would be just to the uh the goalies left the visitors and they defend twice here at the brand center tonight those visitors will be the saskatoon blades as the pats will end off their four-game homestand with a couple of tough tests against two teams among the whl's elite tonight the pass ho- uh, pats hosting the blades tomorrow the portland winterhawks last time the blades were in here they spanked the pats 6-1 but of course Pats didn't have Connor Bedard or Stanislav Sposal in the lineup because they were away at their respective World Junior uh, camps with uh, Bedard, of course, Canada, and Sposal with Czechia. So uh, it's going to be a all hands on deck tonight for the Regina Pats. They come in 19-19-1-1. They currently hold down the seventh spot in the WHL's Eastern Conference, but it's a loose grip on that playoff spot because Swift Kern is one back of the Pats while Brandon is hot on the heels of both Saskatchewan teams. we got a great show coming up before 3.30. We'll talk to the GM of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy. Get the latest on Nathan Rourke. Uh, we'll hear from Mike Pritchard before 4 o'clock. He's a former NFL receiver. Um, he's one of only five NFL receivers to have 200 catches in his first three years. Started his career with Atlanta, also played with Seattle and the Denver Broncos. Went to Colorado University, so there's a nice little tie, and we'll ask him about that. He was a teammate of Deion Sanders. Deion's coaching his alma mater now, the Colorado Buffalo. So we'll talk to him about that and all the betting because he is the lead analyst for VEASAN Sports out of Vegas when we're talking NFL betting. We're going to be joined by Pat's guest two after four, Gord Pritchard, and uh, also Dante to carry a voice of the team. And a little later on, we'll check in with the Riders O-line coach. That would be Anthony Vitelli. Let's get to the news of the day. Looks like Sean McVay is back as the uh, coach of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. There was some talk he was going to step away. He's, what, 36, going on 37, younger than some players in this league. But he is going to stick around, not go to the broadcast booth, and stay out uh, with the Rams. So take Sean Payton out of the running there. Payton meets with Denver on Tuesday. Um, but Payton could be in the running for... Another job in L.A., I'll get to that in a second. Jalen Ramsey implied on social media earlier this morning he may have played his last game with the Rams. Ramsey, a cornerback who had two picks in Sunday's season-ending loss to the Seahawks, suggested on Twitter that he might be done. Saying, if that was my last game, my go out with a bang. Interesting. So here's where Sean Payton could come to play 
for a job in L.A. with the Chargers. Now, the Spanoses are notoriously cheap, and they don't generally have the stones to make bold moves. But they are fighting for attention in L.A., and actually, surprisingly, they have more fans than I thought. So there's an opportunity for them, with them being in the playoffs, to really capitalize. That's why they got this boy wonder coach, 40-year-old Brandon Staley, who comes from the McVay coaching tree. Uh, the, he was the D coordinator with the Rams. Goes to the Chargers. They were eh, okay last year. Now, they, now they've got an opportunity to maybe make a bit of a run in the playoffs. They, they won like their last, uh, I think, five games to get in. Uh, check that four games they lost uh, the last game of the year to Denver, but it was it was unbelievable. He played uh, Justin Herbert into the third quarter, late in the third quarter. Keenan Allen played into the fourth quarter. He is made of like peanut brittle, as is his running mate in the receiving core, Mike Williams. Those guys are both Ferraris, but they need a clean highway without any potholes, meaning they got to stay healthy. Well, Williams is playing in a meaningless game. They can't go up or down in the playoff standings. The guy's been in and out of the lineup. He's had back issues. He gets hurt all week long. Oh, no, he's playing. Oh, oh, he's playing. He is out now for this game against the Jags on Saturday night. Uh, I think the Chargers still should be able to win that game, but uh, I don't know, man. If they lose because they can't move the football, then they should fire his ass right away. Like, that is a, like, as Will Ferrell said, in the uh, was it the uh, movie uh, Wedding Crashers, when uh, when Owen Wilson goes to visit him at his house, his mom's house, and he's calling for the meatloaf, and they're talking about the guy that's hand gliding, and Will Ferrell says, "What an idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's exactly what I'm saying about Brandon Staley. Okay, let's get to some local stuff, Zinger, because I put up. Sean Kleisinger should have introduced you. Sorry, my great producer and wingman back at the station. I put up a story. On the uh, 620 CKRM site that's had the most reads of any story this year to this point, okay, early on in 2023, and it has to do with Mason Nias. Now, Three Down Nation, great great website, but sometimes they're a little TMZ-ish. They're into clicks, so it's quickly, let's get it up, and let's just say, oh, Nias has been bumped from the uh, negotiation list of the riders. They dumped them from the negotiation list. So right away, people, my phone's blowing up. I'm sure Nias's phone is blowing up. I know his dad's phone was blowing up. And, hey, Three Now Nation did what they wanted to do. They got the clicks. But around here, we like to be right, not first. So we got the story right. Yes, the riders did dump Mason Nias off their neg list, but not before they offered him a contract. They offered him a contract. They had a discussion. And uh, as the story goes, Nias is uh, hes looking at other things. This guy's got two degrees, a business de- degree from the Edwards School of Business and now an education degree. And with two degrees, he's kind of leaning or looking. He's looking. He has many opportunities to teach and coach. And right away, people are like, how can't the local guy, how can't the team get the local guy who grew up wanting to be a rough rider, how can't they convince him to uh, to come and play for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Absolutely pathetic. Well, listen, 
Riders did their due diligence. They offered him a contract. And at this time, Nias, I guess, because I've asked him to come on the show, he doesn't really want to talk about it, and he didn't talk to me off the air about it. So everything is speculation. His dad didn't even talk to me much about it off the air. And, and Zinger, you know how close we are with Perry. He was just on talking about his 40th anniversary in radio here this week, I believe, on the 10th. So mm-hmm. uh, Perry didn't really say too much about it, just that the contract was offered and Mason turned it down. Now, could he be going to teach? Yes. Could he um, be going to a, a teaching coaching gig? Sure. Maybe he didn't like the rider's offer. I don't know. Uh, I don't have anybody. Makes you I don't wonder what kind of from, offer it was, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, what was it? Maybe, like, listen, I'm sure it's a standard offer, but maybe they didn't, uh, maybe he didn't get a feeling like he get a good shot to do something at training camp and, and stick with the team. And if you're, if you have the feeling that you're just going to be a practice roster guy or a camp arm or not, not, not a legitimate shot. Um, then maybe he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go. If I sit on a practice roster for a year or two, I could be a year or two ahead in my pension with teaching if that's how he decides to go. But right away, everybody's speculating. Well, good job, young man. You you picked uh, you picked teaching over football. Uh, he he picked his brain and he picked his body for such and such money over uh, football. Well, listen, if he's a quarterback and if he's not playing, it's not like his body is going to take a beating. Let's be clear. It's not like he's uh, a safety or an in tackling drills. So let's let's uh, let's look at that for a minute too, and back up the camera and just uh, hold it right now, okay? Um, I think the thing is here: perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. So right away we get comments where people are saying, "Wow, the Riders! Nobody wants to play for them." You see, that's not the case. That's not the case. What what's a bigger issue here is when kids have options like Adam Mackart, like uh, Evan Macabroda, like Matlin Riley, who was drafted by the Riders. Um, the list goes on and on and on. When they've got issues like this, um, like this kid in Ottawa, this uh, Galanders, Brendan Galanders, thirty-two-year-old running back uh, who has played, I think it's uh, eight seasons in the CFL. Uh, he's decided to pack it in. I don't know why, but he played eight seasons. He's done. When they've got options. They're not getting rich. So that's something the CFL is going to have to look at. They're going to have to. We've always joked that it's cash flow low, but they're going to have to look at that, uh, addressing that somehow down the line because, um, you know, these kids do have options. That's why I always laugh when people say, you know, when, when, Commissioner Ambrosi said, you know, this global thing's good for our guys, too. They, they can go to Italy and keep their career going or go here. Well, are they really going to go for, uh, to Germany for a Wiener Schnitzel and a couple of, you know, I would two hundred fifty dollar paychecks, two hundred dollar paychecks when they got, you know what I mean? When yeah. they got two degrees, we so also saw yesterday but, too with with like it doesn't matter if you played a thousand snaps in pro football or zero snaps. Like Brett Jones is still like considering not playing football, and he has like basically offers on the table. So it doesn't really matter what situation you're in. The bottom line is the CFL doesn't pay great money, so if you have you know, guarantees elsewhere. You're gonna, you're gonna take that. It's just the nature of the biz up here in Canada. Just the way that it is. I, I um, I, I laugh at some of these dumb comments though. And you can go to our uh, Facebook page, oh, uh, CKRM and Sports Cage. Yeah, some of the comments, or at the 620 CKRM. There's comments even on my Facebook page. Um, but you know, you get some of these, uh, some of these people like lots of well wishes, some really well thought out comments, and then you get a couple of dumb ones. Well, I knew he wasn't a pro quarterback. 
Or he doesn't After have all. the stomach to play pro football. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's on. not the case. That's not the case, man. The guy was playing pro football. Yeah. He was playing pro football already. He was running a Mark Tressman offense uh, that Scott Flory adopted. The playbook is thick as you know what, and he was also teaching and finish like teaching classes as his practicum. So he has the stomach to be a learned. A studious quarterback and play. He's got the skills. If he didn't have the skills, they wouldn't offer him a pro contract. Get out of here. The Riders gave him an offer, but maybe he didn't like the offer. This doesn't mean, just because I said he's got teaching and coaching options, doesn't mean he's done with football. Maybe he'll end up on somebody else's neg list. Maybe that'll suit him well. He's got a girlfriend in Vancouver. He 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 met her actually in Regina. She was a player at the U of R on a, on the soccer team, and now they're uh, in a pretty uh, serious relationship. She's out in Vancouver. Maybe he goes out there. He can teach wherever he wants. I don't know what's going to happen with the kid. All I know is the Riders offered him a contract. He turned it down, and everything else is up for speculation. But it doesn't mean people don't want to come here. It doesn't mean that Mason Nias isn't a good quarterback, that he isn't a pro-caliber quarterback. That's the... There's a bunch of meatballs that say that. Oh, wow, he's a Canadian. He wasn't up. He wasn't pro ready anyway. If that kid was playing seven hours south where my kid's playing, they'd say, oh, man, this kid's, oh, he's amazing. It's all perception, man. And uh, uh, facts are negotiable. That's what my grandpa used to say. You get to the facts. That's what we're trying to do around here. We don't want to be first. We want to be right. Coming up next, the general manager of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy. You're listening to the Sports Gate for Nelson Holmes on 620 KRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right. Uh, trying to get a hold of Neil McAvoy here. I may have uh, messed up the number here, Zinger. Just give me a second here. Uh, not the first time I screwed up, is it, Zinger? Hold on a second right. here. Yeah, it's all right. I'm Why don't you give us some uh, news you, of the man. day while I look? I'll give you some yeah, news. You, How about give this? me some news of the day. Did you yeah. see this earlier yeah. today? The Edmonton Elks have re-signed wide receiver Manny Arsenal, friend of the show, friend of the program, if you will. We already mentioned it, too, about Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams. He suffered a fracture in his back last Sunday, and uh, he's expected mm-hmm. to be sidelined uh, for the next two to three weeks, meaning that, you know, bearing a L.A. Chargers Super Bowl run, Mike Williams is more than likely going to be... Uh, done for the season so uh yeah so i think you mentioned it quite clearly if the chargers lose against the jags on saturday night you can bet your behind that that coach is going to be out the door i i, I bet he's not even going to be able to get on the plane after the game ballsy no that's right okay zinger you got the number there the last number that i have so uh, hopefully we can get a hold of him there yeah nathan rourke has uh, finished his 12 city nfl tour and a, and a decision is expected soon for the uh, BC Lions quarterback. I know the Lions are trying to, they want to figure out what's going on. It's kind of like the Riders. The Riders got to hold some money for whatever that quarterback's going to be. And the Lions got to hold some money just to see what's going to happen with Nathan Rourke. They've got Vernon Adams under contract, but, uh, you know, Nathan Rourke is the bell cow. Um, I know Nathan wants to play, so he's got to feel like, yes, in this game, you got to get money. I don't care what anybody said, but you also want to play. And Nathan Rourke didn't play a lot in college. He's told me that personally. He wants to play. So does he have a legitimate shot in the NFL to play football? If he does, 
then he's going to do that and 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 take a shot at it. And why wouldn't he? And he wants to ram it up people's butts because check it out, the guy. He went to training camp with the Giants as a receiver a couple of years ago. And he comes here to the Canadian Football League, and the Lions take a chance on him. And because of the ratio, he lights it up. He's must-see TV, gets all these workouts, and many, many teams lining up to work him out and apparently multiple offers guaranteed salary in the nfl if you're on a roster seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars american which is more than he'll get in canada but i mean he, he in in canada he's the face not only of a franchise he's the face of a league and so yeah very interesting well we're supposed to get a hold of uh Mr. McAvoy, but uh, the BC Lions gave me the wrong number. So, Zinger, we can just uh, chop it up around here. I want to get your thoughts more on what you heard from uh, from uh, Nias in terms of what I said from his situation and also uh, the Brett Jones thing and also what you heard from Coach yesterday when he uh, addressed the fact that oh. basically they are moving on from Cody Fajardo. Where do I start? Well, for Nias, the thing that bothers me the most is people coming out and saying that he doesn't have the stomach to play pro football. Like, I'm pretty sure you have to have a pretty decent stomach to take a university football team, the back-to-back Vanier Cup champions. While, like you said, he's in school, he's got degrees galore, he's doing all this on the side, and and yet he's taken, you know, a pro caliber offense to back to back national championships. So you can take that thing about not having a stomach and you can shove it where the sun don't shine, baby, because that one bothers me a lot, Ballsy. As far as Brett Jones goes, uh, I said on the air yesterday that I didn't think that uh, he was, you know, I, I got the vibe that he didn't. Uh, that he wasn't going to come back. But uh, I was kind of thinking about it overnight, and uh, I think I might be on the train that he is going to be coming back now. So we shall see. You think so? Yeah. Okay, so I got they gave me the wrong number, but I found the right number, so I sent it to you. Uh, we're going to try to bump him back, Singer, so uh, don't worry about that. We'll talk about it. Sorry, guys, this is Enzy stuff on the fly, but when you're live and not sitting across from the guy, this is how it goes. Yeah, that bugs me too. It's, uh, it's uh, typical of what we... Um, what we see, though, from uneducated fans. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. Uh, from Kirk Winter. Just another example of a player with options looking at the risk-reward of playing in the cheap football league. This young man joins a stream of other Canadians becoming firefighters, lawyers, or farmers rather than accept the Walmart wages being offered by the CFL. The league wouldn't exist without a steady stream of inexpensive American players desperate for a chance at the show. Coaches' wages are guaranteed. Players should be too. Well, we're moving towards players' contracts being guaranteed for instance instance a guy like Zach Kalaros he will be at 700 and uh or sorry he'll get a $250,000 guaranteed chunk of change in 2025 whether they still have him whether he gets cut so that is good for a guy like Zach Kalaros who definitely deserves it um i, I listen i'm not going to be you, i get kind of what 
Kirk is saying, and I've joked about CFL cash flow low, and he is right about people deciding to do lawyer, you know, be a lawyer, or Ben Heenan taking over the family farm or firefighters or that type of thing. You know, I'm interested in a Ryder Varga of the Rams who came back here to finish his his um, engineering degree. He'll go to BC, but I wonder, you know, the guy's got an engineering degree in his civil engineer in his back pocket, like a Chad Goldie who used to play in the Rams. He could have been a serviceable Canadian receiver slash special teamer and been a really good one for 10 years, but he thought, you know what, I'm going to get uh, get on with my life and uh, do engineering. So yeah, you're not getting rich playing in the CFL. So you have to appreciate what these young men are doing. They are there for our entertainment. They're busting their hump and they're not getting rich. So we got to remember that, especially when we when we're so critical of them, I, I'm not saying you can't be critical of them, but we're not talking about million-dollar players. At the same time, we got to understand we're not the NFL. And as Orlando Steinauer said in our show here uh, earlier in the week, let's just embrace being the second-best football league in the world. Let's not compare ourselves to the NFL. Let's not worry about the XFL or the USFL. Let's not worry about the NHL or Major League Baseball. Let's be the best Twenty to 25,000 uh, attendance league in the world. Let's do that. Let's focus on that. I talked to my buddy Ryan Pollock, former Ryder executive. That's a, we were ta- we were chopping it up today. He runs the Regina Royal Royal Regina Golf Course. That's exact. We're on the same page, and I agree with him. I've been saying this for years. The league needs to budget twenty to twenty five thousand. Anything over that's gravy. And maybe don't pay a quarterback five hundred thousand. Maybe the quarterback gets three hundred fifty thousand. Still the highest paid, so you can float other people's boats. So maybe that Canadian Adam Mackert or Macabroda or Matlin Riley wants to. Well, Oh, 100,000 to start, 120,000. You know, you float all boats instead of everybody getting, uh, you know, the, the quarterback getting the most cash. He should get the most cash, but maybe not by that much. He's got to take a different approach. This league needs to look at different ways to making itself more sustainable, in my opinion. And it's not signing a deal with Finland or Sweden or Mexico. I don't know, man. Like, for instance, back to Staley, the Chargers coach. These guys sleep under their desk and their brilliant minds and all this stuff. I got to wonder how smart these people are. Honestly, you're playing a meaningless football game and you got your best wide receiver who's injury prone playing into the third quarter. Common sense isn't very common the older I get. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And we're back with your sports tickers, 331, and your tickers for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Some CFL news today. The Edmonton Elks have re-signed wide receiver Manny Arsenal. So that's good news for the Canadian Football League. We already talked about this, but this is uh, big news. Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams suffered a fracture in his back last Sunday in a meaningless football game. So he's expected to be sidelined for the next two to three weeks, meaning that bearing an L.A. Chargers Super Bowl run, We've seen the last of Mike Williams for the 2022-23 season. Sean McVay is returning to the Rams for the 2023 season. There was some chatter all season, of course, that he would walk, but no, he will return for the coming season. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, he made it official today, telling reporters that quarterback Skylar Thompson will start Sunday versus the Buffalo Bills. 
And welcome back here to the Brent Center. We're live on the concourse getting set for the Pats and the Blades. In this time slot on Fridays, we have our senior hockey report. All I'll tell you is we're going to really dive into senior hockey with the guys from the Monday Nooner podcast after 5.30. So if you're into senior hockey and you want to talk about uh, everything going on provincially that way, I know a lot of people do, they'll be listening. After 5.30, we'll run a pat chat, then talk senior hockey till the end of the show here on the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, this show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years on this Friday live from the Brandt Center, getting set for Regina Pats hockey. But it is an expanded wild card weekend in the NFL. We're big football fans in the shows, you know. Time to talk with Mike Pritchard. He's the lead analyst at VEASAN, and uh, he's going to uh, talk to us about the uh, wild card weekend. But check this out. This is an interesting under-the-radar stat as far as I'm concerned. And no disrespect, Mike, but a former wide receiver with the Falcons, Broncos, and Seahawks. I knew that. What I didn't know, you're one of five players in NFL history to catch more than 200 passes in their first three seasons. How proud are you of that stat? Oh, really proud. You know, that was uh, uh, enabling me to establish myself into the National Football League and you know, I, I didn't even know, uh, I mean, the National Football League, they keep records on everything, right? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'm the fifth fastest receiver to ever do it at the time. Uh, and that was just an accomplishment. But it, it did kick my start my career uh, in the right direction. So definitely proud of that stat. Yeah, for sure, man. Now, um, who's your favorite receiver in the NFL to watch? If you had to rank the top three, who's the top three receivers in Mike Pritchard's eyes? You know, I am a big fan of Justin Jefferson. I, I think he is just an incredible playmaker, incredible receiver. Uh, all he can do everything uh, out there on the football field. Uh, and then Jamar Chase. You know, yeah. they're teammates in college. Uh, he's right there uh, behind him. Uh, and that third, that third uh, location right there. You know, I, I'm in Vegas, and Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is just a consummate professional. Uh, I think he can do anything and everything as well. Uh, Cooper Cup is right there too. If you, I'd probably go with those two and then put Devontae and Cooper Cup uh, right there at number three, tied at number three. You know who doesn't get enough love, in my opinion? He's not fast, but he's got mm-hmm. great hands and route running is Keenan Allen of the Chargers. Yeah, he's not bad. He is a, a, a definitely a shifty type of receiver, deceptive, right? And um, he's not a vertical threat or a game breaker that way, but he is a consistent playmaker. And uh, the Chargers definitely are lucky to have him. They got to keep him healthy, though, right? Well, I mean, when yeah. he's healthy, that certainly helps that football team. That's right. Keenan Allen has trouble, and I think the Chargers made a mistake playing their uh, veterans too long in that meaningless game against Denver because Mike Williams gets hurt, and that could be a big factor in this game against. Uh, what I think will be the tightest game of all the games this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. The, the line uh, indicates that as well. Um, one thing about the Chargers, though, if they have Justin Herbert, and he's an incredible quarterback. So is Trevor Lawrence on the other side for Jacksonville. Uh, but what Justin Herbert ha- was able to establish uh, this year is something that hasn't happened uh, that often in the National Football League. We just talked about you know my first three years and, and how fast I got to 200 catches. Well, the Chargers are uh, one of nine teams in NFL history to have at least four players with 60-plus receptions. Uh, 
So I, I think when you distribute the football uh, as much as the Chargers have done this year, that makes it difficult to defend uh, even without Mike Williams. A good prop bet guy. Mike Pritchard is the guy you were, or a guy you were referring to there without mentioning his name. Austin Eckler, the guitar man. Mm-hmm. That guy's a great player yeah. out of the backfield. He really is. I mean, I love their offense um, uh, because he is a pass receiver. Uh, and then also in the fourth quarter, they like to use him as a running back, a pure running back, because he's so strong. He's one of the strongest athletes in the National Football League, pound for pound. And, uh, but he's such an excellent wide receiver. Uh, he's a passionate guy. He's built low to the ground. He's got excellent, excellent balance. So he's tough to bring down, too. So I agree with you 100%. Uh, from a prop standpoint, I, I definitely look uh, for some uh, angles right there that I could use uh, looking for a prop situation with Austin Eckler. So, Mike Pritchard, the uh, Chargers have a slight uh, edge in terms of the line on the road. Do you like that to hold up? Do you think the Chargers win a narrow game there? Or is Jacksonville with a rowdy crowd going to get it done? Jacksonville has pulled out some wins uh, as of late, and they've done it uh, in spectacular fashion. Uh, you know, I, earlier on in the year, they were losing those games. They were losing the fourth quarter games and, and the one possession games. I think the Chargers have a chance, though. It's underneath a field goal. Uh, earlier in the week, it was at one. And, you know, you, you could look at laying the one point or looking at the uh, money line situation. I know some people that could be looking at a teaser opportunity with the Jacksonville Jaguars because they're a home dog, and if you add it six points, you, you get beyond uh, two possessions right there. That seems to be attractive. But, no, I, I think the Chargers, uh, with enough playoff experience, uh, because Jacksonville, they're a young, young team, uh, I think with enough playoff experience, the Chargers can get the job done. I'm looking at two blowout games this week. I don't see a way that – Skyler Thompson in Miami can beat Buffalo. Uh, I don't even know if Tua could have pulled it off because of the whole Hamlin thing, and I don't want to face Buffalo with that intangible that you can't measure. And Cincinnati, Baltimore without uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, I don't see it as a contest. Uh, Buff- uh, Baltimore's defense is good. They can mm-hmm. keep them around for a bit. Am I way off base? I see those as two lopsided games. They look like they can be lopsided, right? Uh, but they are divisional matchups, yeah. and this is the third game. Uh, so both situations, both games, you have all four teams highly familiar with each other. Uh, so Buffalo, Miami, and Miami against Buffalo. And so from that standpoint, the tendencies kind of kind of present an opportunity for the underdog. Uh, if you if if you look at the situations in which. Uh, Buffalo, uh, yeah, they're a better football team, but sometimes the tendencies and uh, that knowledge of your opponent can kind of take their advantages away. Yeah. Uh, if Buffalo is clicking on all cylinders, though, no mistakes, if they start off fast, then yeah, I think Miami will be overwhelmed. But if Miami can hold in there defensively and make it a fourth quarter game, at least that's going to be their game plan. It gets interesting. Uh, I don't think they'll win, but certainly getting inside of 13 points. And same thing with Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore's got a, a really, really good defense. Uh, and if they can keep the score low, uh, not anticipating Baltimore scoring a lot of points against Cincinnati, then again, there's an opportunity to get inside that number, too. I'm seeing a 10, uh, but they're uh, predominantly nine and a half across the board, though. The two games I'm having trouble with this, uh, this uh, wild card weekend, one of them would be um, the game I'd like to touch on here, Tampa Bay and the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Tom Brady, I think, is 7-0 and against Dallas. Cowboys aren't very good on grass. How do you see this one uh, shaping up? 
I actually think it's a great matchup for Tampa Bay, and they're a home underdog in this one. Um, uh, and that would be another teaser uh, leg uh, if, if people are looking for a teaser opportunity. You can get them through eight points, too, and that's through uh, two possessions. Uh, and the reason why I say they're a great matchup is because Tom Brady, he's, he's got the quickest release in the National Football League. So if you're the Dallas Cowboys and your strength is rushing the passer and getting pressure on the quarterback, well, if he's getting rid of the football, uh, that's going to neutralize that. Uh, and then there's a hidden stat that not a lot of people have talked about, and, and it's because Tom Brady does get rid of the football so quickly. The yards after the catch, they were the third-best team in the National Football League behind Kansas City and Justin Herbert and the Chargers in terms of the yards after the catch, which is another significant stat in my opinion because, again, it kind of breaks down and neutralizes what the Dallas Cowboys' strength is, and that's getting after the quarterback. So if he can find open guys and get rid of the ball and they can't get pressure on him, then I think Tom Brady gets into a rhythm. Uh, and then Dallas has to run the football because I don't think Dak uh, is playing great football right now. He's prone to make uh, mistakes and throw interceptions. So uh, they have to run a football against the Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers defense. And, and to me, that's going to be difficult as well. So I think Dallas can win it late, but I don't know if I can tease up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beyond two possessions uh, if Dallas can uh, certainly cover that number as well. This is Mike Pritchard, former NFL receiver and the lead, a- lead analyst at VEASAN. Okay, so I got a, uh, the other one I'm having a tough time. Minnesota can mm-hmm. win by 10 or they can lose by 10. Like They were 13-4, <laughs> they were and four, but that's the fakest 13-4 and four I've ever seen. The, the only thing is they're at home <laughs> and Mike, they're not playing in prime time so they'll probably get good Kirk Cousins. That's right. That's right. And good Kirk Cousins actually has been great at times. I mean, he's uh, been on a winning streak before, uh, the longest one of his career, uh, and he's helped um, establish something up in Minnesota. Minnesota has been loose all year. Mm-hmm. You think about last year, last season with uh, Coach Zimmer, uh, that, was a, that was a tightly wound football team, right, and uh, an intense football team. But O'Connell's come in there as a head coach and, and kind of has, has allowed this team to breathe uh, and therefore, I think they don't panic. And that's why they've set a record with, what, 11 one-possession football games, yeah. 11 victories. So it's a three-point spread. That crowd is going to be very, very loud. But I don't see the Giants being intimidated at all. Uh, I think resting Saquon Barkley was a key. Uh, the Giants like to play a very, very physical brand of football. And, and you know, sometimes teams don't like that. Uh, so I actually think the Giants have a legitimate shot uh, in this one. I know it's a, a three-point spread, but uh, it was a close game first time around, too, another rematch. Uh, but I think the Giants uh, could upset the Vikings there at home. Yeah, they got to play with the lead, though, right? Like the Giants got the Saquon Barkley's are home run hitter, so they got to control the ground game, right? They got to do it that way. Yeah, because Minnesota can be explosive. We just talked about Justin Jefferson and uh, K.J. Osborne is another guy. They got mm-hmm. T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, they have some matchup. Uh, advantages, but you know the Giants. I think the Giants' defensive front and the complicated nature of of that attack from Wink Montendale, Montendale, the uh, the defensive coordinator, and they they can confuse you at times. But you know, Kirk Cousins and Minnesota offense, they've been good against the blitz, uh, and they can make some plays that way. So I think the Giants are going to have to be uh, more cautious that way. Can't just try to make an impact defensively, and like you said control the game with that ground attack, uh, Saquon Barkley running the football.
That's Mike Pritchard joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. We'll get to more of Mike Pritchard on the other side of the break as we're breaking down the NFL playoffs. 936-6262. Usually there's one upset on Wild Card Weekend. What do you think of the matchups? What are your upsets on Wild Card Weekend? We want to know about it. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage. Right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage for Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Ballsy here on the concourse, head of the Brant Center Pats matchup with the Saskatoon Blades. Coming up, a return of Chase the Ace uh, just after 4.30. So if you want to get in on trying to win some money with the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, the lottery is back, and uh, it's uh, propped up by our good friends at Viterra. Abby White, our program director, will host back at the station. So keep that in mind. Be by your phones. We might be calling you. Back out to the uh, Western Pizza Hotline, our continued discussion with the lead NFL uh, betting analyst on VEASAN and former NFL receiver, Mike Pritchard. This is what makes betting exciting and sports exciting. This last game I want mm-hmm. to talk about. Because of the start of the year, who would ever thought the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson away? They're in a rebuild, and Geno Smith gets them to the playoffs. Not all by himself, but his proficiency passing is off the charts, which is good to see. I like to see a guy as a late bloomer. And then you got Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy as the 49ers quarterback. That's what makes sports and sports betting so interesting. It really does. You know, we love the drama. We love the thrill. Uh, you know, we certainly love the agony of it as well. But uh, and, and now that we get to put a little money down on it, <laughs> it doesn't hurt either, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm intrigued by this game. I, I think San Francisco, uh, and I have them going to the Super Bowl, uh, even with their third-string quarterback, uh, is still one of the best teams in the National Football League. Think about that for a minute. Uh, and they have the best play caller uh, in Kyle Shanahan, and I think they have the best defense, uh, too, with D'Amico Ryan's calling away. So they are a loaded football team. Brock just has to make sure that he doesn't make uh, a ton of mistakes out there. I think he'll make a couple, but certainly avoid the ones that can hurt you. Uh, and Seattle's been one of the surprise teams. Seattle and Jacksonville, two surprise teams uh, this year, going to play on Saturday. So, I think it's the third time around, too, a divisional matchup. Uh, the line suggests not double digits. Yeah, I think the market has uh, put that line inside double digits. So uh, a competitive game in the weather, too. Uh, I think that's going to be a significant factor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you like Brock Purdy like uh, over or under two touchdown passes in that game? Just throwing that out there. I think I like that over uh, because Kyle – Shanahan, he's, I played for Mike Shanahan in Denver, yeah, yeah. Um, and they like to be deceptive. You know, you think they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, which they will, but then all of a sudden, I, I think from uh, a throwing the football standpoint, play action, bootlegs, and nickets and stuff like that, I, I think you can make that high percentage as well in, in the weather, so... Uh, no, I, I like the over right there for Brock Purdy, to be honest with you. I'm going to ask you uh, one more question. It doesn't relate to the games this weekend, but I want to tell people, VEASAN, the sports betting network, is the first 24-7 broadcast network dedicated exclusively to sports betting. Follow VEASAN on Twitter at VSI.
SIN Live and Pritch and Veasan's team of betting experts deliver all the news and analysis sports fans need to inform their wagering decisions at Veasan.com. And you can follow Mike Pritchard on Twitter at M I Pritchard P R I T C H A R D. Now, Mike, you played in the NFL, but you had to go to college. You went to Colorado. You were teammates mm-hmm. with Dion Sanders. Dion's the coach now there in Colorado. What do you make of that? Did you always know Dion would be would have that uh, persona to be a good coach? Because he seems to be off to a pretty good start. He's a perfectionist. Uh, that's one thing about uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. He is a perfectionist. He was like that as a player. Uh, he's like that with his attire, the way he dressed, the way he presents himself. Uh, uh, he thinks he's got a lot of confidence. And, and certainly you, we need that at the University of Colorado. When I left school um, and went to the National Football League, I was coming off a national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my rookie year in Atlanta with Deion Sanders, we ended up going to the playoffs. And um, so he is he is a guy with high standards. I think he's going to demand the best because he wants to be the best. And I could not be more happier than I am right now for my alma mater. I think this is the perfect person to kind of lead us forward. You know, we as a program, as an institution, from a sporting standpoint, I think we've been living in the past. Uh, for so long, meaning the national championship uh, years. But that was decades ago. That was 1990. And so uh, in 2023, uh, you know, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders is a perfect person to lead our program forward. So I am thrilled uh, and looking for a lot of success uh, sooner than later. Okay, so wait a minute. Uh, I'm trying to piece this together. I'm up in Canada. Help me out here. The, the, okay. the miracle at Michigan, where you weren't on the team then, right? I had graduated. So that was uh, Michael Westbrook and uh, Cordell Stewart. That's what it was. That was the Miracle of Michigan. Uh Exactly. So that was in 94, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I was playing for the Broncos. But uh, we won the national championship in 1990. Yeah. So you guys had a nice little stretch there. It'd be nice to get get back to that. And lastly, as it relates to Mm -hmm. Deion Sanders, we hear so much about him. What was it like to go up against him in practice? Like, how did that make you better? You know what? Uh, We used to push and and try to try to finagle our way to the front of the line every time we saw Dion uh, and a chance to go against him in practice because you're, you're right he was going to make you better um, if you got open against him in practice then you could get open against anybody yeah. in the National Football League uh, but that was rare you know even in practice uh, he was locking down wide receivers and uh, but he made you better though he made you work hard uh, he made you pay attention to detail uh, and as a professional that's that's what's going to make you better uh, in the league uh, with other exceptional athletes so yeah. uh, I was lucky to be teammates with, with Dion for three years did you ever uh, wear the MC Hammer pants when he was on the sidelines there? <laughs> you know what? I think I did. Not on, <laughs> not on the sideline. I think I think I had a tailor or two that might have might have dressed me up similar to to him at the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was on the sideline. Uh, a great person. Got a few pictures with him too. So uh, that was a that was a fun fun year uh, that year. Mike, this was fun. Uh, we look to calling you again sometime. Thanks for all your uh, knowledge, uh, both uh, from playing and also in the betting world. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. That sounds great. Uh, have a great, great day, and uh, good luck with your bets out there. From Visa, Mike Pritchard, former NFL receiver with the Falcons, Seahawks, Broncos. Ballsy back here in the concourse at the Brand Center, ahead of the Pats and the Blades. We'll be joined by Pats guests 
coming up after 4 o'clock. Zinger, I want to get to a couple of texts, but I know you're going to blow a gasket if you haven't heard about this or maybe you already have because you're a, a traditionalist. Apparently in 2023, uh, 2023, all AAA ballparks oh. will have robot umpires. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know what's, that embarrassing? The, what, what's, this world, hope, what's this world coming to in the sports world? I hope world, that huh? falls flat on its face. Like I hope it's a debacle, an absolute. Like I hope one is five feet outside and they call it a strike. Whatever happened like, to just paying? So whatever happened to just paying the respects to the officials? It's part of the game. Mistakes are part of the game. It's just yeah, yeah, it's just it, part of the entertainment. Like do we want to uh, do? Do we want the players to be robots next? Is is that going to be the next yeah, line here a, in twenty forty two? Come on. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. You know what? We we uh we'll be okay with players making mistakes so we can call call-in shows and moan and bitch about it, but the uh, the refs got to be buttoned up. They cannot make any mistakes. I am for getting rid of instant replay. I want it yeah, back. Yeah, get to it all out of here. Get all the technology that there is yeah. out. Yeah. I want 1998 back. And give me checks not direct deposit. I want my check to put in the bank when I want to put That's it in the right. bank. By the way, our buddy Dave Delaforce <laughs> is back at the rink. He is 54 years old. He just had a birthday January 2nd. My first time since seeing him uh, when the calendar flips. So happy new year to him, our faithful listener. Let's get to some tech singer, 936-6262. Yeah, I got Connie on the text line. Oh, first of all, and another thing I want to, I want the paper tickets back. Enough with these e-tickets. Yes. Like, yeah. come on. Paper tickets. Paper That's tickets, right. baby. Absolutely. Connie on the text Absolutely. line says, isn't there a standard first contract for the CFL? Wasn't that the reason the Argos couldn't sign that Canadian receiver who played in the National Football League because he was going to get 70K? That's uh, Connie's question. Yeah, well, it is a standard contract. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you get anything better anywhere else, as we we're talking about Nias. What I'm saying is maybe he saw it, and he's like, you know what? Maybe he talked to the team. And once again, this is all speculation, because I haven't talked to him. I'm close, but I haven't talked to him. He wants to be quiet about this right now. Maybe he got on the phone with them, and he didn't like what he heard in terms of his chances of doing anything as a Canadian quarterback, so he thought, I'm going to move on. Maybe that's what he thought with the Riders. I don't know. It's all speculation. I can tell you the Riders offered him a contract, and he said no. That's as much as I can tell you. Murray's on the text line. Murray says, hi, Ballsy. Do you think the Vikings will beat the Giants this weekend? Very standard, but good question for you. Two, two, uh, two things, Murray. Number one, they're playing in Minnesota, and it's in the afternoon, not the night. I am not an NFL expert by any means or a Vikings expert. They could win by two or lose by 20. They will beat the Giants, and they will do it pretty handily, I'm going to say. I think we got time for one more here. Roddy of Regina, he says, Hey, Ballsy, how many changes do you think must be made to compete again for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Is it, you know, plug in a new guy here and there and bring back the key guys we have, or is it something more than that? We need to uh, find a couple of nice, speedy American receivers. Uh, maybe try to get Shaq back on a... Um, on a good, friendly deal for a receiver, because I still like Shaq. Uh, Duke's got to be gone. Um, I'd love to see us uh, try to get, well, I want Bo Levi Mitchell here as the quarterback, and we need to beef up the offensive line. If we beef up the offensive line, especially the tackles, get Bo Levi Mitchell in here as a quarterback, and uh, add to the receiving core, that's how you win in this league. Defenses help, but you win with 
Offensive line play, elite quarterbacking, and weapons. I already like our running backs. Got to try to maybe re-sign Sankey. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think we're that far away, to be honest with you. And we do have time for one more. we got 40 seconds on the clock. Leonard sure. says, I understand that Jason Moss is the coach for the Montreal Alouettes, but does he speak French? How long will he last in the Montreal market, Ballsy? Well, he'll last. It's not a. They're not under the microscope like um, the Canadian, like Montreal Canadian coaches are. I don't know how much uh, French Tressman spoke. If he did, Jim Pop didn't, as far as I know. If he did, I, I didn't really. I don't remember it. Luke Mulder would know better than me. Um, uh, he'll be fine because they got Machocha there. The, the, a coach speaking French in Montreal should be the least of their worries. Mm. They got a dumpy stadium. They got rid of a great president, and uh, they got a bunch of free agents. They got assigned. So no. And they got. Oh, do they have an owner? Is the owner going to stick around? I don't know. It's a French is the least of their concerns in Montreal as far as a a, a speaking coach. Anyway, that's the uh, four o'clock hour of the sports cage coming up, or three o'clock hour of the sports cage coming up, or four o'clock hour, including a couple of Pats members coming up here right away on the other side of news here on six twenty CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And we love it when we get out of the uh, octagon or at least bring it on the road. Now it's a verbal octagon. We don't exactly have like the UFC like uh, chain link fence, but we are out on location, the sports cage here at the Brandt Center, Northwest Concourse, ahead of the Pats and the Saskatoon Blades. Always a good Saskatchewan matchup. The Blades come in one of the the elite teams in the Western Hockey League, and the Regina Pats. Uh, scraping and clawing for a playoff spot with the uh, best player in junior hockey in the world, Connor Bedard. It is time to talk Regina Pats hockey on this show, brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Now, I don't think I've ever done this in my short time. Had two guys or two guests with the same last name and a stretch. Uh, I'm joined here by Gord Pritchard of the Regina Pats. I had Mike Pritchard on, former NFL receiver. I don't know if you heard that interview or I not, did. but it's like a seamless Pritchard, Pritchard, and now Pritchard. I did, yeah. I was uh, <laughs> listening to it on my drive over to the the rink today. I was actually going to ask you if you've ever had two Pritchards back-to-back, maybe a Smith and a Smith, but <laughs> probably not too many Pritchards back-to-back. That's awesome. Of course, Gord Pritchard, the first-ever CEO of the Queen City Sports and Entertainment Group. Um, what's it like for you when they're now you you're privy to more information than us? They're, I'm in the media. I got to ask questions. Fans, are they going to trade them? Are they not going to trade them? What's going to happen? What's it like for you from the business side now that Connor Bedard, maybe you knew all along he wasn't going anywhere, has that unbelievable? He went to another level at the World Juniors. And then your first uh, your first game back, you get six points. Almost forty eight people, forty eight hundred people are in the barn. From a business side, you must be smiling like a butcher's dog. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's incredible. He had an unbelievable World Junior uh, experience with Team Canada. They had an amazing result, uh, and we've seen that. Uh, we've seen that trickle over already to to us here. Uh, obviously, the when we we announced. Uh, last Saturday that he was going to return to the lineup, uh, we saw a spike right away for ticket sales on not only uh, Sunday's game uh, against Calgary, but also basically every other game for the remainder of the the regular season. All right. Uh, So what do you got tonight for a crowd? We have right now we're over 5,000. 
We're over right. 5,000. And what's this joint hold again? 6484. So we still got tickets. And then, of course, tomorrow is a great matchup. Um, don't get me wrong. It's going to be great to watch the Blades. Last time the Blades were in here, they smoked the Pats 6-1, but we didn't have Bedard. We didn't have Sposal. Yeah. They are a good team. So this will be an, uh, a lot tighter matchup, I'm anticipating. It will be. You know, uh, John and I were actually talking about this earlier today. Uh, this is the first time this year that we've played... Uh, we played Saskatoon, where we're not coming off of a th- traveling to them on a three and three, uh, or playing them with our full or full lineup. So yeah. we're excited to have Connor back in the lineup. Of course, we get Stan back tonight as well. Uh, be risked if I didn't mention our equipment manager, Gord Cochran. Yes, yes. Uh, he plays an integral role as well in our, our organization. Uh, he is also a World Junior Champion. So we've kind of got our whole roster now, except for you know a couple guys that are still still injured, uh, which happens. You know, you always have somebody injured, but. We, we've got basically our full roster now. We are playing a very strong Saskatoon team. Uh, they, they've been on, uh, they've had quite the chair. Uh, run so far this year, uh, ranked in the CHL top ten. Uh, their tops in our, uh, well, along with Winnipeg in our mm-hmm. our, uh, our division and in our conference. Uh, so we'll have we'll have a really good game tonight. And then tomorrow we've got uh, we've got the uh, uh, Portland Winterhawks in town. And I believe we haven't seen them until since 2019, if I'm not. Yeah, mistaken. and I always love that. I've talked about this for a long time. In fact, my producer back at the station's thinking about going to the game with his buddy because it's a it's a western team. We like yeah. see, you know, the Spokans, the Seattles, the yep. Portlands. I remember back in the day, uh, when I was a kid, Grant Fear with Victoria, yeah. or you had some of these, uh, you know, the Billings Bighorns, Andy mm-hmm. Moog coming in. Yeah. You don't get to see the Aginla with the Kamloops Blazers. Yeah. So it's cool to get to see these teams roll in. And it's an interesting thing because they've gone away from the traditional Blackhawks kind of mm-hmm. look that they mimic. They've got a different yeah. uni. You could check it out. And you said they got an interesting behind-the-scenes story. Yeah, they do. Well, just to piggyback off your point there. I mean, it is great when we have these Western teams come through. And there's a couple teams in the West that actually have quite a few Manitoba and Saskatchewan players mm-hmm. on their teams between Everett, Seattle, and Portland. There, there's a good representation of the Prairies on those on those teams. So when they come through, they have quite quite the following, which is great. Uh, and Portland, they've got a uh, booster uh, fan bus that is following them on this West Coast trip. Or excuse me, through the east, mm. uh, and uh, they have on the bus. I'm told uh, there's uh, everyone from the age of 14 to I believe it is 97. There's wow! A, there's a, a, a woman on the bus who's 97, has been a season ticket holder with the Portland Winterhawks since the team's uh, inception, and she's traveling around following the team out here in the east uh, following her, her her squad around. So it's pretty awesome. So Connor Bedard, I was reading a. I was reading an article about uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback of the Chargers, and how he does not, he's otherworldly, he can make throws that nobody else can make. I saw with my own two eyes, only about maybe three other people in a planet of 7.8 billion can do yeah. the things he can do. Connor Bedard would be like that too. But mm-hmm. Justin Herbert doesn't like the limelight. He is just a humble, hardworking, and I feel that's what Connor Bedard's like. Do you guys, we're talking about Herbert who's 24, this guy's 17. Do you as an organization, uh, is it a mandate or a philosophy to kind of shield the kid from everything that comes his way? I mean, he's only a kid, yeah. right? Now, we we treat this like a business, and it is, but these are kids we're talking about here. Yeah, I, we're certainly cognizant of the demands that are on Connor, his time. 
Uh, everybody wants access to them. Uh, from you know, we have great local media coverage to the national media coverage. Um, but you saw at the World Juniors at the end of the game when he was being interviewed, he doesn't want to talk about himself. He wants to talk about the team and the team's accomplishments. And I think that speaks volumes to to who Connor is as as a person. We certainly uh, understand that there's certain media obligations we have to meet with with Connor, and he's happy to do that. I think he's very good at it. Uh, you talk about him being 17 he really doesn't sound like no. a 17 year old he's he's a he's mature behind beyond his years um but he's he is really a, a team player um it, it's it's not all about connor he doesn't want to talk about uh about himself all the time yes he's an exceptional generational player we all know that but he wants to talk about the the team as as well are you selling a lot of bedard jerseys though there are a lot of bedard jerseys being sold. <laughs> more more since the world juniors it's certainly picked up but all year uh it has been it's been steady uh merchandise sales have been great this year how about Sposal? there's a guy that i mean listen when bedard the best thing about Bedard, how he can help his teammates, is the spotlight's on him. But then, oh, look at this How kid. Oh, look at this this kid here, the mm-hmm. Suzdalev. Oh, how about this disposal? Yep. Like that, what a feather in the cap for the Pats. Bedard, we already knew about. Yep. You talked about your equipment manager. Yep. And, of course, Sposal. That's Spozel. a real feather in the cap for the Pats organization. It, it really is, and it's a testament to Stan and who he is as a player. We can't forget that this was his third time representing his country, and he was named the captain. So that's a huge honor for him. They had an incredible tournament. Uh, they were within a goal of winning it. Uh, he he himself had a, had a terrific tournament. Uh, he he's been lights out for us for for two years now. He's represented his country, like I said, three times on the world. Will stage. you recognize him for his accomplishment? Yes, I know yes. you recognize Bedard, but you'll do that with him. Yeah, okay. of course, we're going to recognize uh, both Stan and Gord uh, yeah. this evening. Yeah, um, and they uh, rightfully so. I mean, the, uh, obviously, Stan would have liked the the gold medal, yeah. but a silver medal is nothing to shake your head at uh, at the yeah. World Juniors. Uh, the, the Czech Republic. Public had a great tournament, first yeah. medal in twenty yeah, years. So crazy, yeah. He should be very. I know it's not the one he wanted, but he should be very proud. Uh, and the Czech should or Czechia, yeah. excuse me, should yeah, be fine. Should be uh, very proud of, of the tournament they they had. So in terms of the business side, um, you're you're feeling like there was a lot of talk. People aren't coming. Why aren't people coming before Christmas? Now we. In this town, it's a rider town, and then everything else falls in line, just the way that it is. I think that's some of it. Is there any concern about inflation? It's not just Pat's ticket prices it's everything and and when people are making business decisions in their own household yeah they might well i can't go to four pat games i can only go to two pat games you know i mean I, how much does that factor into what uh, you guys are doing on well, the business side yeah we're we're obviously cognizant of that and you know we we have families ourselves and we have to make decisions about how we spend our disposable income just like just like anybody else does i think one thing that can't uh can't be forgotten is we're we're a business just like anybody else we're sitting next to a subway booth here mm-hmm. we've got bennett dunlop behind us or harvard um you know we're a business as well that we we have we have certain expenses mm-hmm. uh, we only have certain lines of revenue that we can generate from and, and the one thing that you know this isn't poor poor you know pats but uh we, we lost an entire year without any real revenue we played games without any fans during covid point, yep. um and and coming out of COVID, we held our prices. So we went a season. We went. We played a year where we didn't. We had expenses. We didn't have much revenue. Uh, and then we held our season ticket prices coming out of COVID. Uh, and yes, this past year we did raise them, and we raised them by uh, three dollars, uh, which 
you know, if we were speaking about inflation a second ago, um, we had to at some point raise our prices a little bit so we can afford to be able to, to run the, the whole Well, whole let's business. be honest, and I've said this, okay? I'm not speaking for you. I've said it before I even talked to you. You can come tonight and watch a Pats phenomenal team. Like, they've got some great players, but they've got the guy, yeah. Connor Bedard. And you can spend 30-some bucks, buy a hat, whatever. Or you can wait and go to Edmonton, Calgary, Minneapolis, Winnipeg next year and see him play in the NHL. Yes, it's the NHL, but by the time you pay for your fuel, your flights, your hotel, you're paying a lot more. And you've got this kid for another three months plus here. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm not saying that from a pad standpoint. I'm saying it from a from your standpoint. Yeah, I'm 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 obviously biased, but I think it, I think it's a great opportunity. We've got the best junior player in the world here in Regina. Why wouldn't you come watch and play? Uh, it's a it's a good opportunity to come out with friends, family. Mm. It's an exciting atmosphere. We uh, we invest heavily in our game night experience. Yes, we do. Uh, it, it is a great atmosphere. Tonight it will be rocking in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be loud. It'll be fun. Uh, hopefully the team has a good game. Uh, we we do a great job with our our score clock. Which again, uh, I don't want to harp on the business side, but that's a big investment by the ownership group. Uh, eight mm-hmm. years ago today, actually. Or this oh, really? Week, uh, I was reminded by uh, Paul. <laughs> of IKS. Um, so, you know, we, we're doing everything we can to put on a first-rate uh, game night experience uh, that goes beyond the ice. Yeah. And that takes time, money, and, and resources. And, and we're happy to do it. We love to do it. And, and we hope everybody can come out and experience Yes, the team on the ice, but also the overall game night experience. And yeah, I will go back to uh, your point a second ago. Come down while you can to watch Connor Connor Bedard for for you know uh, twenty three dollars as well as opposed to a couple hundred. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk later another time with you about the rink and the future of uh, of a rink in this town. But I'll tell you what, the memories I have here being a Regina kid, you don't get a better you don't get it's an older barn, but it's in great shape, and you don't get a better seat in the house in any rink in the league. It, it really is like you come in and sit down uh, there, and I'll agree with you. There really isn't a bad seat in in the in the Brand Center. Uh, it's electric in here, like it will be tonight. Uh, it's an amazing atmosphere. Sphere. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a rink that was built in the 70s, so there's amenities that a rink built in uh, 2018 or 2020 that we don't have. Uh, but I, I think we have a, a, a great atmosphere. We have a great team on the ice, and I think it'll be a lot of fun tonight and for the for the rest of the year uh, as we build towards the playoffs. Maybe that's why I love it, because I was built in the 70s, too. There you go. <laughs> Gord, thanks you for go. your time. Have You're a good welcome. night. Thanks nice very much you, for having me. That's Gord Pritchard of the Regina Pats. We'll stay with the Pat, uh, Pats theme in a minute with the uh, Voice of the Regina Pats, Dante DeCaria. It's the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Drew Suzuki. Wait. Suzuki. As the Habs now on the power play, Drew throws it across for Doc. Kirby Dock. Cole Caulfield score! The Caulfield Cannon. Back-to-back power play goals for Cole Caulfield. 
two power play goals by Cole Caulfield. His 24th and 25th of the season led the Canadians to a 4-3 victory over the Nashville Predators Thursday night at the Bell Center. The Canadians will spend the weekend in New York with back-to-back games Saturday against Islanders and Sunday against the Rangers. Cole Caulfield, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service and Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. All right, welcome back to the Brant Center. We continue our Pats talk with the voice of the Regina Pats, Dante DeCary, his pregame show in just over two hours' time on these airwaves. Last time the Blades were in here, it wasn't really a matchup, but we didn't have... Bedard, we didn't have disposal. I'm expecting a much better effort, and a crowd of 5,000-plus will be here tonight, so that's good. Yeah, I think an awesome conversation with Gord Pritchard, the CEO of the Regina Pats, to continue to tee up this game in the second half of the season, because as you mentioned, over 5,000 fans expected to kind of stroll into the Brand Center tonight to watch two fantastic players that are coming off great World Junior tournaments in which Connor won gold and Stanislas Vosel won silver, so should be a pretty good game. The one thing I'd like to mention in terms of the matchup between the Pats and Blade, yes, the Pats have lost the first two games in this season series, but the first one was the back half of the three and three, yeah. and the second one was the final game before the Christmas break with injuries piled on with missing your two best players. So this is kind of the uh, kind of the first time for me that we get to see the Pats and Blades go head to head with full rosters. So if if we can have a perfect world in a pretty tough Eastern Division, mm-hmm. right now where we're sitting is seventh. Would we not play Red Deer in the first round, or am I wrong with that? Yeah, you would play Red so, Deer. So, so are we happy with that? Like, I think that would be a good matchup. And if, if we could have it in a perfect world, Pats hold the hold the fort, stay around seventh, and get through a first round and get to a second round for sure. You know, Michael. To be quite frank, I actually don't mind a matchup between the Pats and the Rebels, just because Regina has played Red Deer so hard. That would be a really exciting first round series between those two teams mm-hmm. and I don't think it would be a series in which uh, the Reggie Rebels would take too lightly because obviously you have Connor Bedard, Svolzel, Howe, so yeah. on and so forth but the season series is tied up at one. I'll probably have a better answer for you later on in the season yeah. when the Pats play the Rebels two more times in the second half, right? Mm-hmm. Pats will head to Red Deer in the early portions of February then they'll invite them back home towards the end of the season so I think that's going to be a pretty cool aspect to, to kind of look at based off how they play against them in the final two games of the season set, but mm-hmm. hey, I've really liked the Pats' performances against the Reb- Red Deer Rebels over the first two games of the season series. They've actually outplayed them in both games. Alright, so uh, tonight also we we're touching uh, with the CEO, Gord Pritchard, about honoring Stanislav Svozil tonight and also your equipment manager, Gord Cochran. I'll get a comment from you. That is a feather in the cap of the Pats to have three people involved in the World Junior Gold Medal game. You know what? I had a couple of people around the office ask me this question and I don't have the answer despite doing actually quite a bit of digging and research in it and again I could be wrong by this but I think it was actually the first time in a long time or in WHL history whatever that you had teammates on their WHL parent clubs go up against each other in a gold medal game at the World Juniors with Bedard and Canada going up against Fozel and Czechia. To me, I don't think that's ever happened before. Yeah, I can't right? remember. You'd know better than me. But, yeah, that was a great – and I'll tell you what, he made a great play at the blue line there, kicking that puck up and uh, yeah, he's getting so that talented. first goal for them. Yeah, He's so talented. Yeah. And uh, with Gord Cochran, 
Uh, he deserves a ton of credit. I mean, this is a guy that started sharpening skates at Source for Sports <laughs> in, in Prince George, or yeah. in, in that area roughly, or yeah. Williams Lake, and then got a job with the Timberwolves, their junior A team, and then moved on to the BCHL, and now he's here in the WHL, and he's worked the U18 Helenka Gretzky Cup, and now he's worked the World Juniors. Um, he's on the upwards trend to potentially get a pro gig, I would think, not that I know anything, yeah. but I think just because he does such a good job. I asked Connor what stands out to him about Gord as an equipment manager because, again, him and Greg, the athletic therapist, kind of yep. go under the radar yep. amongst the fans because not a lot of people actually know what they do. Yep. Right? And it's kind of hard to describe, at least from you and I, yep. what they do because you could write a book. They're the glue. They are. And to me, it's attention to detail and organization, at least what Connor said, but it's also being a good person. And both of those two guys are awesome, and they care a lot about the players. So you're a fortunate uh, young man because you get to call Connor Bedard on a nightly basis. You've worked up a, a nice friendship with him and his family, so you're fortunate that way. You're also fortunate that you get to be the communications guy here because it's interesting to have to shield him from interviews and everything and, and, and direct it and, and all that type of stuff. I it, it's extremely difficult because I'm trying to stay focused on my day-to-day -day job and you know broadcasting the games and stuff like that and generally when you're doing communications or facilitating interviews as a junior hockey comms guy you want to make sure that you do what's best for both sides mm -hmm. right and I'm not saying I'm not doing what's best for both sides with Connor yeah. and the media but I have to almost treat him as an NHL player to where there's just too many requests I can't get to all of them yeah. you really have to prioritize a lot of different things and a lot of people will say well He's just a junior hockey player. They don't actually understand. No. You should look at my inbox. You really okay. should, right? So, again, if next year it's going to be a lot different. I won't have those requests, and it's kind of... Your sports ticker at 431 is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Give them a call at 781-2090. So we got three games in the NHL tonight. The Winnipeg Jets are in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. The New Jersey Devils are at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California, to take on the Ducks. One Canadian, or I guess it's two Canadian teams in action, as the Edmonton Oilers are in San Jose to take on the Sharks. That's a late one, 9.30 p.m. Saskatchewan time. But the big hockey game tonight, the Regina Pats hosting the Saskatoon Blades under the orange top. Over 5,000 tickets have been sold and counting, so can't wait for that one. Tune into the pregame show with the voice of the Pats, Dante DeCaria, starting at 6.35. It's time for the CFL Report. Here's Michael Ball with the head coach of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Craig Dickinson. Anthony Vitelli comes over from the Edmonton Elks. What does he bring to the offensive line coaching area? Yeah, he's he's a good, solid coach that we've known for a long time. He uh, coached a lot in the U.S. college ranks. We had him as a guest coach a couple of years ago. We had him back-to-back -back years, which we don't do very often, so it tells you we really liked him. And then last year he's with Edmonton. So he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a former college football player, college wrestler. He brings a lot of toughness and grit to that position. And uh, and I think he's, he's, he's done a lot of... A lot of good things as a coach, been an offensive play caller in his day, coordinated an offense, and, and uh, just loves coaching the big guys. So I'm excited to see what he can do with that old line. So we don't have a receivers coach yet, but we do have Naaman Roosevelt on staff, and as we know, excellent receiver and, and has brings a great deal of knowledge to that spot. So we feel like we got the ability to, to get the receivers coached up and coached up very well this year. Ideally, I'd like to have 
my receivers coach in place at the end of January as well. And I'd like him and uh, Naaman to work together to coach that group. I feel like the receivers deserve two sets of eyes. They're a big group with a lot of different personalities, and so I'd like to try to use Naaman to help out in that group as well as help out Kelly Jeffrey and other capacities as well. Most likely, Cody's era is done here. Like That's kind of what it feels like to me, or am I way off base with that? No, I mean, the reality is, yeah. I mean, when you tell someone we're going to keep our options open, um, that means that they're looking at other people possibly to, to, to take their job. And that's the truth. And Cody knows that. So we don't uh, we don't want to tell him for sure that, that he's not in our plans because a lot can happen between now and three agencies. But we want to be upfront and honest with him and say we're not satisfied with the, the play we had at quarterback last year. And there's a lot of reasons for it, as we all know. Mm-hmm. But we're going to look at we're going to look at some of the guys that are out there. And if we like them, we're going to go after them. And if, we feel like Cody's our best option. We'll we'll cross that bridge at that time. But I think that's the the honest and, and fair way to, to state it and just be upfront about it. And I asked Brett Jones on the show if he'd be interested in playing football again. And Brett Jones, who is not quite thirty two. He of two CFL years, like you know, and seven in the NFL said, I am trying to get into med school at the U of S. If I don't get in, I'm very interested in playing football again, and I'd be more than happy to listen to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, we, we knew that, and Jeremy's been in touch with Brett. I think Brett, like, I think he's being completely honest. I think he wants to get into med school, and I think if he does, that's the direction he goes, and, and if he doesn't, I think, I think like you said, he's going to start looking at other things to do in the meantime. So we're, we're very interested in Brett. He knows that. Uh, really, the ball is in his court. If he wants to play for the Rough Riders, he knows he's going to have an opportunity. If he doesn't, uh, that's his choice. But we're certainly hoping we get a chance to visit with him. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Coming to you live from the Brandt Center for Nelson Holmes. And I'm here on the concourse. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll talk with Anthony Vitelli, the man Coach Dickinson was talking about, the new O-line coach. But first, let's go back to Harvard Control. Our program director, Abby White, is in the boardroom where we're all set up for our first of this year Chase the Ace from the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, courtesy of Viterra. Take it away, Abby. Thank you very much, Michael. Yes, uh, alongside Cindy Fuchs from the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be back. Uh, it is, uh, it's been a little while, but uh, we know how this works. Yeah. And for anybody, I guess, that hasn't participated or been a part of Chase the Ace before, uh, maybe just run down how it does work. Okay, so this is Chase the Ace Rider Edition. So we actually have Braden Lenius, which is the Ace of Spades, hidden somewhere in 52 envelopes. So they're random, and uh, so every week uh, we sell tickets, and uh, a portion of the proceeds go to the weekly prize draw. So if your name is drawn that week, you automatically win. Like today, you would win $2,373 for sure. You get a chance, and we'll call you, we'll get a chance to pick a number. If you pick Braden's number, wherever he is, he's hidden in there somewhere, <laughs> you have a chance to win the grand prize. And this week, the grand prize, because we guaranteed it at 20000 is actually mm-hmm. 23560 Remember that time we gave away like $600,000 on the radio? Oh, I remember that. I like I, My heart stopped that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. But... Uh, 
We're getting started now, and, well, for anybody that uh, bought tickets for this week, you are in, and as mentioned, the weekly prize, 2373 So that's guaranteed to go to whoever we announce here, and then uh, they'll pick a card and maybe win that uh, $23,000. So, Cindy, let's get right to it and find out who week one winner is of the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace. Here we are. It's spins, spins, spins. And our winner today is from Regina. Her name is Paula Hickton. Paula Hickton? Yep, for sure. And I'm just going to give the phone number so we can call Paula. Okay. And see if she's ready for well, hopefully a Paula, phone call. Hopefully Paula is listening because, uh, yes, we will give her a shout and give her the uh, the good news. Uh, in the meantime, we'll wait for Paula. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, talk about Viterra and uh, how important they are to uh, just helping this this uh, fundraiser go? Well, this is year three with Viterra and Harvard helping us do this amazing work in terms of raising money to give back to amateur football, health, and education in the province. And uh, we're thrilled to be able to do something fun during the off-season when there's no football to watch. And this is it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing about the foundation is, as mentioned, it, it helps out so many people across the province. And some people, they think it goes to the club. It actually doesn't go to the club. It actually goes back into Saskatchewan. Right. So three years ago when the club created the foundation, it's the charitable arm. It's totally separate. Um, all the money that's raised goes right back into our community. And uh, like, I'll just give you an example. Last year in 2021, we gave back $1.8 million, And part of it comes from Chase Ace. Unbelievable. All right. It sounds like we have our winner on the line, and uh, that would be Paula uh, Hickton of Regina. Hello, Paula. Hi there. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good. Thank you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Congratulations to Perfect. you because you are the first winner of uh, week one of Chase the Ace and the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. So for sure, you have won $2,373. How's that sit with you? Oh, that sounds awesome for a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no doubts. And now you have a chance to win over $20,000 to add to that. So 23560 to be uh, honest. That is the jackpot where it sits right now. But, of course, you have the uh, the task of picking a card between 1 and 52. Uh, the deck is laid out. So uh, if you pick the Ace of Spades, that would be Braden Lennius's card. You would win that jackpot. So it's wide open. You can pick any number between 1 and 52, Paula. I'll take 33. 33? Okay, yeah. we will uh, grab envelope 33. There it is right there. And we'll pass it over to Cindy. And Cindy is going to open up envelope 33. And we will see what card is inside. Are you a little nervous, Paula? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so am I, Paula. So am I. <laughs> it is the Two of Diamonds. Oh, she was close. Yeah, yeah. Not the Ace of Spades, <laughs> Two of Diamonds, a little ways from that, but uh, regardless, uh, a winner of $2,373 today. So that is pretty darn good. Beautiful. Thank you. You are so welcome. And the best part for you, Paula, is that you can win again. You just got to buy more tickets. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. <laughs> are you on a subscription or did you uh, do you buy weekly? I buy weekly. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Well, at. Uh, Five o'clock, I guess, is when you can start buying tickets for uh, for next week, and maybe you can get in again. We have had somebody. I think last year somebody won twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, so we it have. is oh, possible, wow. Paula. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Perfect. I'll awesome. Make sure. Well, the foundation will be in touch with you, and uh, they will make sure that uh, you get your money. Congratulations. Have a great Friday, and thank you for supporting the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. 
Of course. Thank you. Have a weekend. Yes. You too. And we should mention, Cindy, yes, um, quickly, for anybody that you can buy them online, yep. weekly like Paula does, but if you'd like to sign up for subscription, you can do that as well, and just guaranteed that if you're busy or you're going on holidays, you don't miss being part of the draw. That's right. So if you want to do a subscription and you're heading off to Mexico, Hawaii, whatever, and you don't want to miss, or you just have a bad memory like me, you just do the subscription and it'll automatically uh, enter you until the draw is over. Okay. Can you sign up for that online? Yep. It just asks you to want to set up a subscription, and you do that just like any other lottery. Okay, yep. perfect. Okay, for anybody that needs the website again, where do they go to? Uh, Riderville.com backslash foundation, and it'll say Chase the Ace. Click the button, and it's so easy. It's all there. All right, we're trying to find Brain Lenius. He is the ace this year. We are excited about that. And, uh, well, one week down. Who knows how far this is going to go and how big the jackpot is going to get. Uh, we'll find out as it goes along. And every four thirty, every Friday at 4.30 here on the Sports Cage is when we will be live and we will make this draw and hopefully put some money in your pocket. Yep. Thanks, Abby. You're very welcome. Thanks. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show for Nelson Holmes, live from the Northwest Concourse here at the Brand Center. A crowd of over 5,000 expected tonight as the Pats end off their four-game homestand with a couple of tough tests tonight against the Blades, tomorrow against the visiting Portland Winterhawks. Um, our pregame show here on 620 CKRM. Your voice, Pat Hockey, begins at 635 with Dante to carry our own Sean Kleisinger, putting in a long night operating this show, helping me co-host a bit. And then, of course, he's going to be operating the controls back at the corner of 12th and Rose. Just before we check in on our profiles feature with the newest rider coach, we got our text line at 936-6262. Zinger, do you got any text there? Mark's on the text line. What's up, Mark? Mark says, Hi, Mark. Qu- a quick one for you guys today uh this year is there a time window before the opening of free agency that free agents can talk to other teams february 8th they got a week ahead of uh, when the free agency starts so february 8th the guy for instance like bo levi mitchell can peek over the fence and see what the riders are willing to offer there you go. Uh, i don't know if the i don't know if the tiger cats have uh, formally offered him a, well i think they have because steinauer kind of uh, intimated that when he was talking with us here uh, a couple of days ago Cor- uh, coach orlando steinauer and their president of football operations at hamilton but it's an ongoing thing they'd love to get him signed before he can peek over the fence at Saskatchewan. I will tell you this. I believe the I believe the riders are interested in Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, they it's gonna start with a five. It's gotta start with a five. Their their offers gotta start with a five, but they better have their ducks in a row because they're only gonna get one shot at it. Yeah, and Peter's on the text line talking some NFL. He says, uh, Peter thinks that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going <laughs> to... Sorry, but he, Peter thinks that the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl ballsy, so that's that. So, I don't no. know. Anyways, they'll get to the end of the fourth quarter of that game. I think, I think Dallas will win that game, although Tom Brady... Two interesting stats going into this one. Tom Brady is 7-0 and versus the Dallas Cowboys in his career. And Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday in high school, in college, or in the NFL. Of course, they're taking on Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline for this segment, Singer. 
you've seen them on the field. Now we dig deep to bring you a closer look at a player you'll never find on the stat sheet. This is Profiles on the Sports Cage. All right, the newest Rough Rider coach, offensive line coach. His first name is Anthony. Anthony, can you please set the record straight? How do I pronounce your last name? It's Vitali. Vitali. Okay, Anthony Vitali. Is that Italian? What is that? Yes, sir. It's Italian. Awesome, man. It's great. Hey, are you, you're a football guy, so I'm assuming you like any type of football. Are you, do you watch the NFL as much as you can? I do. Um, you know, grew up in the States, so, you know, grew up watching the NFL and, you know, still say connected to it and no guys in that league. So just, uh, and, and you're right. You know, really, if you put on any type of football, you've probably got a good chance I'm going to be watching it. Yeah, you're like me, man, after my own heart. So uh, watching the NFL weekend games, are there any games that intrigue you in this expanded wild card weekend, Anthony? No, I, I don't know about your uh, your Bucks Super Bowl prediction. I, I would say that's about as far as I can uh, guess on that. I just enjoy watching them, uh, you know. So I, I don't know that I have any great uh, insight into them. I enjoy watching, especially in the playoffs, just the the heightened level of competition and and those things that come along with it being playoff football is just a lot of fun to watch. Is there one guy you like, or a couple of guys you like watching in the NFL, or any coaches you kind of like uh, more than the others in the NFL? Um, I, I'm a Belichick guy, um, so I really enjoy, yeah. you know, what he's been able to do over the course of time. That sustained excellence, I just think, has been intriguing from a coaching standpoint. Um, so that's if I had to pick one, I would I would probably say that's my uh, favorite to watch. Do you scratch your head like I do? Like Belichick is an excellent coach, and I would imagine you pick up a lot as an as an assistant coach under him. Yet. All the guys that have left Bill Belichick's, uh, you know, off his tree, they they seem to really struggle. Uh, you know, case in point, you had Matt Patricia didn't really work out in Detroit, and I'm not totally blaming him for everything. Josh McDaniels has took a run in Denver, and then in Vegas has kind of stumbled a bit here too. Just kind of interesting. He is such a guru, but the guys that come off his tree, uh, not always successful. The one I can think of would be uh, Nick Saban now in Alabama. Um, yeah, you got that. I, I think I, I think it's you get under a guy and you think you have an understanding of what goes on. Like I like I kind of go out and buy the Emerald Cookbooks and think I can kind of slap that together and don't quite work out for me. <laughs> so uh, you know, I think it's a whole different deal to be able to go out and run your program and and try to do it uh, with the influence that that person has had. And and I think the biggest thing is just. You know, when you get those opportunities, you got to be yourself. And I think if you're trying to be Bill Belichick or whoever it is that uh, mentored you as you came up, I, I I just don't think that ends well. So it's um, I think it's a challenging thing to do that. Um, you know, and, and carry on and and continue that. So you've helped out with the riders in the past in training camp. Went to Edmonton last year, and now you're here. Uh, what intrigues you about this Rough Rider job and this Rough Rider organization, Anthony? Well, it's where I got my start, and my my first exposure to the CFL was in Saskatchewan. So um, I've had an affinity for the organization, for the city, um, the the a lot of the people that are still on staff are very close friends. So, um, you know, that part of it, it's always been about the people for me. 
Uh, and so the opportunity to work with some people that I'm very close with that I've had that I've worked with before uh, was something that uh, was a special opportunity for me and my family. And then obviously the fan base and, and a lot of the things that come along with uh, Rough Rider football and, and the tradition there and, and those types of things are really cool to be a part of. But um, it was just a neat opportunity that my first exposure to the league came from there and now having the opportunity to be there uh, full-time and try to contribute to uh, chasing a championship is, is something that was really neat for us. Anthony Vitelli, our offensive line coach, joining us here in the Profiles feature. Kind of a lighthearted get to know him. Now, you grew up in the in the United States. Where'd you grow up in America? I grew up in Los Angeles, and uh, I, I got into coaching pretty early, so I've lived in a, in a lot of different spots, but I grew up in Southern California. We were just there in Southern California for the uh, Chargers and Dolphins, and before that, uh, and on the same week, it was the uh, Raiders and the Rams went to a hockey game. The one thing that would drive me nuts is the traffic. So, I mean, coming to Regina is going to be like a picnic for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't miss. I miss a lot of things about Southern California. The traffic and the uh, the gas prices are really not uh, things that are on that list. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I love um, CFL football. I love Ryder Nation. It's passionate. I went and watched the college football game. My kid played in Nebraska last year, so I went to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. So I really saw what American college football is like. But is this pretty close, uh, as close as you can get in the CFL to an American college football feel here in Regina from what you've, uh, you know, taken in so far? I, I do think it's close. I think uh, the game day experience is a really cool thing. You know, you get up on, you know, you have a 7 o'clock evening game or whatever. You get up, you go to breakfast that morning, and there's people in the restaurant with riders gear on and are talking about it, excited about it, and passionate about it, knowledgeable about it. Um, so it, it, it really is. It's You, you see that type uh, really at only the highest levels of of college football where you have such a passionate, knowledgeable um, fan base. Um, and, and it's a really cool thing. It reminds me a lot of seeing games back at home and uh, the involvement of the fans and the excitement surrounding it, the energy of the stadium and all those things do uh, remind you of the college game back home for sure. Anthony, uh, Coach Dickinson was on yesterday, and we briefly talked about you, and he, he used the words like passionate and scrappy. Is that how you want your offensive line to play? Well, I want us to be tough, uh, I, 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 both physically and mentally. I think that uh, is the foundation of everything that we do in our group. Uh, I think it permeates really any conversation that you have about our group and really our team I think the foundational component of that is toughness. Uh, and that encompasses a lot of different things. That's a much longer conversation than we really have. But that's what I want. I want a guy who, and I want a group who plays tough, who plays relentless, uh, with great effort, um, technically sound for sure, but we want to be physical. Uh, we want to play fast. We want to have a set of rules so that we can play fast. Um, 
but we just want to battle. Uh, we, we want a bunch of guys who are, are going to fight for every inch and, and all the things that, that people say. Uh, we want that to be the culture within our room. Yeah. So the team gave up 77 sacks last year, and I'm fully aware that it wasn't all the O-line's fault. There are several factors that come into giving up that many sacks. Did the guy run the right route? Did the quarterback hold the ball too long? There are a bunch of different... Was the drop too deep? Uh, there's a bunch of... Did the running back miss a block? So we know there's a lot that goes into that. Anthony, um, but uh, how much of a... How much do you think we have to retool or rebuild this thing when you look at the tape and what we got coming back here? You know, you're you're right. There's a lot of things that go into a stat like that. Um, you know, and and really just the way I've always approached it, I'm not and I and I don't think anybody on the offensive staff or on the offense is going to be interested in, you know, assigning blame in terms of, well, that really that one is the running back or really that one is this. I think the onus is on us as a staff and as a group to come together and, you know, figure out how we get connected as a group so that we can move in a positive direction with that. Um, You know, there's always fluidity in the personnel. You know, I I think it's a little bit too early, at least from my standpoint, to really take a position on a lot of guys and, and those types of things that I really even haven't, haven't had a chance to sit down and visit with face to face. I don't think that's fair. Um, but I, I agree with you that there's a lot of things that go into that, and we're going to work hard at it. Um, you know, it's it's obviously a priority to us and, uh, and and to Coach Dickinson and to Coach Kelly, and that's, you know, one of the things you talked about, things that attracted us to the job. It's I think that Coach Dickinson, it became clear very early that a lot of the things that are priority to him are things that are core beliefs for me. So uh, we're excited about, attacking that and moving in a positive direction and um you know obviously keeping the quarterback upright and giving him confidence is something that we're going to take tremendous pride about in our room and so we're going to work hard on that anthony this was a nice first chat can't wait to meet you in person here uh, closer to the season thanks for your time thank you i appreciate you that's Anthony Vitelli, the offensive line coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, welcoming him to Rider Nation for the first time here on the Sports Cage. We're at the home of the Pats, and this guy played for the Pats, Chandler Stevenson, now the Vegas Golden Knights. He joins us after 5 o'clock here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the Sports Cage here, coming to you live from the Brant Center on the concourse, getting set for the Pats and the Saskatoon Blades. And it's time to talk on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza with uh, a friend of the show, a guy who's been on here as a junior hockey player before way back in the day. He wouldn't remember being interviewed by me, but I've interviewed him before. But uh, never as an NHLer, Chandler Stevenson of the Vegas Golden Knights. Thanks for checking in, Chandler. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, how much do you... like? Listen, I know you're an NHL guy, Stanley Cup, playing in Vegas of the bright lights. How much do you miss junior hockey? Or better yet, anything about junior hockey you miss? Yeah, I mean, everything about it. Um, you know, that's, you know, kind of when you build the friendships you have for a lifetime and guys that I still keep in touch with and, 
um, little things like going to the movies and um, just kind of hanging out. It's, uh, you know, when you're not going to school, you're hanging out, going for lunch together, you're kind of doing everything together. And um, I think that's, you know, something that was so cool is how much time you spend with each other and just kind of the, the brotherhood that you form. Okay, Chandler, you talk about going for lunch. I'm glad you brought that up because things are just percolating here before 5,000 fans roll in. I'm in between the mini donuts, Subway. I could smell hot dogs cooking. Would you be more likely to pound two hot dogs or a large bag of mini donuts, Chandler Stevenson? (laughs) I'd probably pound two hot dogs and have some mini donuts for dessert. <laughs> I love it. Who do you who do you stay in contact with in terms of uh, former players that you played with in the Western Hockey League? Um, I mean Boston Lear. Uh, he's from Saskatoon, uh, so keep in touch with him. See him every now and again. Um, I've you know here and there with uh, Klimchuk, uh, Lane Scheidel, um, Burroughs, Hunt. I saw Trent Ouellette when we were just in Calgary, just kind of little things. Uh, You know, when you're somewhere, you meet up with guys or they're at a game and, um, you know, you just kind of connect. I think we still have a at Snapchat group that kind of somebody sends something in every now and again and uh, Dyson Stevenson, another guy, and uh, quite a few guys actually. You know, you're... uh... You're you're a, an accomplished NHL player now, playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. You want a Stanley Cup. Think of all the guys that have played NHL hockey and have never got a chance to hoist that thing. Um, and now you're on a, on a successful franchise with Vegas. Do you still have to pinch your uh, pinch yourself, Chandler Stevenson, that you're playing in the NHL, living on a boyhood dream, and you won the damn Stanley Cup? Yeah, I mean that's you know still something that I can't even really wrap my head around. I mean the more that you're in the playoffs and, you know, the harder that it is to, you know, get by every round is, you know, kind of the, what is, you know, making you realize how hard it actually is. Um, And to do it in my first year, it was just a blur. I mean, it felt like it was a week long and then we won. It didn't even seem like it dragged on for long and didn't seem like a grind. It was just kind of, you're just so into the zone and you're just kind of, you know, who who we play next, even after we won, it was like, who's next? Like, we just kind of had that swagger. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's something that, you know, you can't really wrap your head around. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, and as a Saskatoon kid, uh, I remember you took the you took the Stanley Cup to the humble Broncos crash site. So you, you made something meaningful out of winning that Stanley Cup, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, you know, something that, um, you know, going through the playoffs, uh, you know, when that event happened, it was, you know, hit obviously really close to home and uh, knew two of the guys on the team, um, you know, that were uh, fortunate enough to, you know, still be here today. And, um, you know, it just kind of something that, you know, I wanted to do um, just to, you know, try to bring some smiles and, um you know, in such a hard time and, um, you know, something that's forever. And, you know, the NHL did a really good job. They brought, um, like, a little shrine at the Hall of Fame there so uh, kids and families could see all different kinds of cool stuff that's in the Hall of Fame. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice because I actually got two days with it. 
I uh, got like a personal day with family and friends and then the next day we went to Humboldt. So, um, yeah, that was uh, special for sure. And there was other NHL guys there. Chandler Stevenson joining us here, former Regina Pat with the Vegas School of the Knights, coming off a 4-2 win over the Florida Panthers. Hey, this has been a nice bounce-back season for the Vegas School of the Knights. Uh, just your thoughts on how the team's played, and then maybe assess your play so far this year. You've got 11 goals in the campaign. Yeah, it's been really good. I mean, um, you know, last year the the injury bug really hit us hard. Um, I think we had like over 500 man games lost, and um, we're fortunate enough, you know, to start this year 20, uh, 30 games or so with a fully healthy lineup. So, um, you know, that's just kind of the what everybody wants this year is health. And um, still have some guys out that, uh, you know, are a little ways away yet that um, every team goes through. But, um, yeah, I think it's just been nice having some bodies and, um, you know, obviously Jack having a full summer and, um you know, being back at uh, full speed, it's a game changer for him and for the team. And yeah, just on a personal level, it's just uh, ever since I got here, it's just they've really given me the opportunity to just play and uh, just be myself. And um, that's kind of the biggest thing. And the biggest change that I've noticed is, um, you know, just feeling like myself every every day, every game. And, um, you know, the more you play, uh, the more confidence you get and the more experience and you just kind of roll with it and just have fun with it and that's what I'm trying to do. I've never had a Vegas Golden Knight player on the team and I was always skeptical or on the radio, uh, pardon me, and I've never asked anybody in Vegas playing pro sports. I was skeptical when, when hockey went there or when the NFL went there. What's it like being a professional athlete playing in the bright lights of Vegas, like, is it hard to keep your focus? Do you live away a long way away from the strip? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's like uh, like a area uh, called Summerlin that everybody's uh, at. It's about 20 minutes from the strip, and uh, I mean, you wouldn't even think you're in Vegas. Um, you know, being where it is, you got everything you need. Um, the only thing that you really go down to the strip for is if family and friends are in town and. You know, you want to go for a nice uh, meal or a show or that kind of thing. You're you're not really on the strip. But the first year, uh, the guys were always saying that, you know, after the road, they'd be down on the strip. And they were just kind of always down there because, yeah, you are in Vegas. And, and they just kind of got sick of it. And now it's more just like a family and friends thing. And, um, yeah, it's I mean, the fans, it's, it's amazing. Like every game sold out doesn't matter if it's the weekend or – if it's a Monday or Tuesday, middle of the week kind of thing, it's it's sold out and uh, rocking. So um, it's you know quite the place to play. And having the Raiders here now, that's obviously really cool. And those games are crazy too. Going to those, those are always fun. And um, yeah, it's I mean, right now we're walking on the golf course, uh, playing frisbee with the dog, with uh, my dad, my wife, and the little guys. So it's uh, yeah, pretty special place. You live a tough life, Chandler Stevenson. Listen, one thing I like about your game is you got speed to burn. Like, you're a fast guy. There wouldn't be many guys faster than you. Connor McDavid turns 26 today. Last last birthday, he didn't get any points. I bet money on him to score tonight because I think he's going to score tonight in San Jose. But what's it like 
being on the ice with a guy that uh, they say is a generational player, because we're going to watch one tonight here with Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats. What's it like trying to match wheels with that guy? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it doesn't really do it justice on TV. Um, you, you know, when you're up kind of, you're, you're the guy checking them. Um, you know, it's the same with, you know, Nate McKinnon. They're just, they're so shifty and, you know, you could have a finger on them and closed off and they're stopped and gone the other way and one stride and then by three strides they're at top speed. So, I mean, it's just kind of, it's like a game of tag out there with those guys. Like they, they don't get touched and it's just, when you kind of see it in the flesh, it's they're just so fast and just so quick. Like they're fast twitch muscles and they're just kind of gone. Um, I mean, you saw it, you know, the other night when he had that spinorama. Um, I mean, any 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 player uh, would think that, you know, you got him closed off and he just does a quick spin move and now he's, you know, in front of the net. And it's just kind of, you, you blink and, and, you know, they could be by you, so... It's uh, it's special, you know, obviously to get to play with uh, with and against guys like that. And, you know, Jack the same way. He's just a superstar. You just kind of are in awe watching him. Yeah, interesting because Eichel and McDavid, same draft. You're all right. Uh, you ever go to a senior hockey game? Have you ever been to like a, I don't know, like a Grenfell or something and you're watching a senior hockey game? Have you ever been to one of those small town rinks? I've never been to one. I got a couple buddies that uh, have played in it, but uh, no, I've never witnessed one. Okay, because I'm going to tell you this right now. I got the senior hockey guys coming up here, Boz and Barry. They're part of the Monday Nooner podcast. They want to get you on to talk some old school stories and stuff one day. Okay. Hey, sounds good. They love it. Hey, congratulations on the great year. I love watching you play, man. Uh, continued success in Vegas, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, okay? Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, that's the great Chandler Stevenson, former Pat player now with the Vegas Gold Knights, Stanley Cup champ with the Washington Capitals. We'll talk senior hockey after 5.30, but first we'll have a quick chat with the GM of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy, here on the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 6.20 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 6.20 CKRM. A Busy Bee will repair or replace a residential or commercial uh, garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialist. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, any time. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Let's head out quickly and talk with the great Neil McAvoy, GM of the BC Lions. Neil, thanks for taking time out of, my, out of your schedule to talk to me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on. Anytime we can talk Canadian professional football on Friday, I'm, I'm all for it. Absolutely. I guess the big question, everybody's uh, must-see TV, it was Nathan Rourke, Mr. McAvoy. What do we know about his status? I know he had a a 12-team tour in the NFL. There's uh, apparently some good contract offers maybe coming his way. Uh, Where do you stand with this? Yeah, honestly, I'm like everybody else. Um, I've given Nathan, you know, some distance. I've been talking to him and his, um, his representation just about the future. Uh, and you know what? I, I want him to make the right decision for himself, not just, you know, uh, just for, for, for us. I mean, if, if I'm a, 
if I put my Canadian football fan hat on, I'm excited for the opportunity. I'm excited for him that a young Canadian player gets an opportunity to play at the NFL level. If I put my administrator hat on, then obviously I want him to make the decision to come back to BC. But uh, you know what? Time will tell. Um, he's going to make his decision hopefully sooner than later. And uh, whatever that decision is, we will uh, you know, be happy and excited for him. I've talked to him both on the air and off the air quite a bit. Struck up a bit of a friendship with him. And the thing is, he didn't, you know, he didn't play a lot in college. He told me, listen, I like to play. I want to play. So, like he said, he's not just going down there for the T-shirt. Would that be the thing that you could sell him on? Listen, you're not just the face of a team. You're the face of a league, and you're going to run the show here. I mean, otherwise, how do you compete with the NFL? You can't. Yeah, financially we can't. So what we do and what I've said publicly we can compete with is, uh, you know, reasonable and real reps, meaningful repetitions uh, that I know I can give him starting well, already now. Uh, I don't know if the NFL is willing to do that, but, again, time will tell, and that's why they're uh, taking their time to uh, make this decision. And uh, knowing him, he's not going to make a rash decision. He's going to make a decision that's best for his family and best for him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great young man, and I, I know he'll make the right one. Talk about the financial gymnastics you have to do. Like, you kind of have to have a pot over here. This is what Nathan's contract's going to be when he comes back. Because you got to kind of hold that money aside when you're looking at free agency, don't you? Or maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no. We, we've, uh, you know, we've started the process. The free agent process has started with our guys. Um, at the end of the day, we still have to sign players regardless of uh, what quarterback we have. Uh, we still need to build a football team. So we have a, a bunch of irons in the fire, and uh, we'll be able to make some, uh, you know, announcements sooner than later. But yeah, at the end of the day, you have to uh, be mm-hmm. cognizant of the fact that uh, Mr. Rourke is going to, you know, take up uh, some of that pie, and uh, you know, once uh, once he makes that decision, we'll start that process again. So, Neil, interesting going on in the CFL. You look at the Adam Mackerts of the world, the Evan Macabrodas of the world, the Matlin Rileys of the world. Mason Nias just got offered a contract by the Riders and turned it down. That's an interesting thing from a GM chair because guys that have options coming out of school might pick the school instead of the CFL because you're not getting rich playing the CFL game. Is that obviously something you're cognizant of? And it it does become uh, something that guys uh, in your position have to be aware of. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly cognizant of it. But at the end of the day, um, that's always been the case. Uh, You know, uh, what the Canadian Football League does is give young men an opportunity to extend their career and uh, play some uh, quality football at the professional level. Um, That hasn't changed. We still are the number two football league in the world. But at the end of the day, guys have to make their decisions what's best for them. Professional football is a hard racket. It's tough to make. Once you do make it, it's tough to maintain. And so I don't begrudge anyone that uh, you know doesn't feel that they're good enough to play at the professional level. That's the reality. 90% of these guys aren't. And so they're making the decision for themselves to uh, continue on with their schooling. And uh, you know, going that way, hey, that's all best for them. There's always there's always good football players willing to come out and play, and uh, we will certainly pick the best ones to make our team better. So uh, I don't. I, I'll use Nias as an example, but so so when when Nias, who had a great college career, and he can throw the ball around the yard, and you 
You guys showed the stones to have a Canadian at quarterback and have a Canadian back him up. Now, you can't compare Nathan Rourke to, uh, I'm not comparing Nias to a Rourke, but Nias had a great college career. When you look at something like that, you see a guy doesn't sign with the Riders. Do you kind of do your due diligence say, okay, why didn't you sign with the Riders? Maybe, maybe it's something that could work out in BC that couldn't work out in Saskatchewan. How does that work? Do you, do you, do you, are you constantly scouring the nag lists and things like that? Yeah, certainly. We we put guys on and off our nag list on a daily basis. Um, you know what? I have Canadian scouts. I have American scouts, and they're always looking to get the next guy. Um, once our quarterback position is, is solved, we do have a, a great option, um, either 1A or 1B. So uh, the quarterback position is not something we're currently you know, striving to get. If anything, we're looking for a more veteran-type player. But, again, uh, I, I don't begrudge you guys for making decisions for not wanting to play or not needing to play. Um, again, football is a tough, <laughs> tough racket to get into. And if they feel the best uh, move for them is to not pursue it, then uh, I'll be it. Good for them. And But we're, we're certainly going to keep on looking for players. And uh, American, Canadian, we're, like I say, the best guys usually yeah. come to training camp and uh, fight for those jobs. Neil, thanks for your time, man. Uh, we'll catch up with you again. It's always great talking Canadian football with a good Canadian guy. Thanks for your uh, time. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, bud. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. That's Neil McAvoy, general manager of the BC Lions. When we come back, we'll talk a little senior hockey with the boys from the Monday Nooner podcast. We'll also have a Pat chat on the way, too. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes from the Brand Center on 620 CKRM. Your sports stickers for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Give them a call at 781-2090. CFL News today, the Edmonton Elks have re-signed wide receiver Manny Arsenal. And uh, we're going to have Manny Arsenal on the sports cage coming up here on Monday. Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams suffered a fracture in his back last Sunday that is expected to sideline him for the next two to three weeks, meaning that barring an L.A. Chargers Super Bowl run, we have seen the last of uh, uh, wide receiver Mike Williams this season. Sean McVay is returning to the Rams for the 2023 season. There was chatter all season long, remember, uh, you know, that uh, Sean McVay would not be returning with the Rams, but uh, you can put that to bed now. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel made it official today, telling reporters that quarterback Skylar Thompson will uh, start Sunday versus the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park, New York. Uh, and who will he be playing against? Josh Allen. This is Pat Chad, and it's brought to you by the Canadian Brew Houses located in Regina and in Moose Jaw. The sports cage is coming to you live from the concourse here at the Brandt Center. Pat's ending off a four-game homestand with a couple of tough tests against two teams among the WHL's elite. Tonight, the Pats host the Blades at the Brandt Center before meeting the Winterhawks tomorrow night. It was a dominating performance by the Blades the last time they visited the Queen City on December 17th. The final game before Christmas holiday saw Saskatoon pound 
the Pats 6-1. Regina was held to no shots in the second period and 15 for the game. Connor Bedard and Stanislav Sposal were not in the lineup on that night as they were away at the World Juniors. Bedard made an electrifying return to Regina on Sunday with a career game. He had four goals and two helpers in a 6-2 win over the Calgary Hitmen and heading into this game, Regina sits an even 500 at 19-19 1-1. They currently hold the seventh spot in the WHL's Eastern Conference. But it's only a loose grasp on that playoff spot. Swift Kern is one point back of the Pats while Brandon is hot on the heels of both Saskatchewan clubs as they're only two points back of Regina. Next weekend, the Pats and the Broncos will meet in a crucial two-game series. This has been Pat Chat. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Well, it's always a popular segment. Like normally Fridays, we do the uh, senior hockey report with our good friends at the uh, Monday Nooner podcast. But uh, hey, it's been a big week for senior hockey. And we'll get into it here with our two friends, Barry and Boz, from the Monday Nooner podcast. First off, where can they find your stuff? Yeah, that's right, Ballsy. Um, a lot on Twitter, yeah. at Monday Nooner, um, Instagram, and Facebook. But uh, we we like to sprinkle most of our stuff on, on Twitter, and that's mm. where we get a lot of the engagement. And like you said, yeah, it was a big week uh, for provincial and senior we'll get hockey. Into that. We'll get into that in a second. But you were sitting here first, Barry, before Boz got here because uh, he just comes and goes whenever he wants. I got a, I got an 8 to 5 job, Ballsy. This is just a part-time thing, so I... Just so you know. You have an 8 to 5 job. I do. Then yeah. why do you have a driver? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyway. Yeah, the limo's leaving. Yeah, that's that's right. Okay. Before we get to all this stuff, you were sitting here, Barry, and we had Chandler Stevenson on. And uh, you guys, uh, you have an, uh, you've got all the great, this is why you listen to the Monday Nooner podcast, because you got all the behind-the-scenes kind of stories and stuff about the guys. Yeah, so really what the, what the podcast, we have one that releases on the first and then one on the 15th. And that's where we kind of interview somebody. And we go back. Uh, like this this next one coming up, I can kind of let the cat out of the bag, is sure. Dar- Darren Dreger from yeah. Langenberg, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And we don't we don't talk about his career as much as we go back and we talk about him watching senior hockey and him playing senior hockey. And, um, you know, like there's been some, some great ones. Darren Kimball, when we had him on. And uh, just these guys that, you know, were asked to come back and play senior. And then the second podcast that we kind of do every mm-hmm week now is based around senior hockey and what's going on right now and it's a top 10 we have a weekly top 10 ranking um and then this week as uh, we talked about was a big week because provincial uh, draws came out in senior hockey so if people don't understand it's almost like it's a tournament that you enter and it's all based on the size of your town and who you're drawing so let's say Bethune mm-hmm. okay so I'm playing in Bethune but Bethune also has guys from Holfast and let's say um, another town around there right so they, yeah. they have to take all that population okay so now we have to go D or C oh. so it's super competitive some of the small towns it's it's great to see them still going I think uh, I'll let Brandon jump in here right away but this year there's 41 teams so it's down a bit but the quality of hockey is going to be unreal from D C B and A so so but here's the thing too much like when you play bantam hockey and stuff you have provincials but they run 
separate or concurrent with your league play, right? That's right. Yeah, for sure. So, like like Barry mentioned, there's 12 leagues in the province, 103 teams. Uh, so for provincials, there's 41 teams that have entered. So that's obviously about 40% of the league teams are in provincials as well. And then a combination like in Provincial A, which is kind of the, the big one where you can have a bunch of imports and load up. Edam and Hafford up north are a league, two separate league teams, but they're combining to go that's Provincial what I'm, that's A. Where I, that's where I was going with this. So yeah. you get you get foil up, coach, let's go hard in a, in a senior hockey game in your league, but you could combine and play with guys that you were going up against in your league? It's unbelievable. The, the negotiation <laughs> that has been going on and the direct messages that we get in our socials, and because they're courting these guys to bring them on to their team. I think there is, Brandon, there's one team that they're bringing three players from roughly 600 kilometers away. I don't have my uh, Rand McNally with me here, but uh, isn't that the Atlas company? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drake, which is the defending provincial A champion. Not the rapper. The, the, no. The town, yeah. No, okay. You know, like Drake meets the Yeah, 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 I get it, I get yeah, it, I get yeah. It, I get so it. that town. Although that would be cool. If, like, he came to a game, <laughs> that would be unreal. Yeah. He won't go to a CFL game, but he'll go to a C your hockey game. Anyway, go ahead. So, Drake, defending provincial A champions, they've picked up three players from Turtleford. I don't know if you're yeah, familiar I know, with I where don't, that is. I know where that is, yeah. But uh, that's a long ways from Drake. Like, yep. Turtleford close to the Alberta northern yep. border. Drake, obviously, mm-hmm. the other way. Wow. What would they have to do to get guys? To they come? needed a goalie pretty bad, I guess, so they swung a deal with three brothers from Turtleford to like, join them for like meat, Like meat for life or what? <laughs> uh, there's, we call it sticks and gas. We'll let you connect the dots. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone that knows senior hockey, you, you yeah. kind of know how it goes. And this is, like, there's been about five guys this year that have left playing senior that are now one guy went to the East Coast Hockey League this week some guys have gone over to play uh, pro in Europe that are playing senior so this is like quality quality hockey like Mm. Chandler Stevenson said some of his friends that he played WHL with are playing and then um, yeah it's it's just it's cool to see and last year you can tell this story better than me last year one team Helicoptered a guy in to make warm up in a game. That's right. Yeah, he went. Kobe Bryant, Gary Garrett. Bembridge. He was working the, uh, the mine. I think at Allen is where he works. Guy from Keniston. Yeah, and they were playing a provincial game in Macklin, and he didn't have time to get there. Sorry, boy's not going to make it. Turns out it was like his cousin or something owns Hanley Heli, so he said, "No, no, we'll we'll get you there." Choppered in, landed during warm-ups, quickly got his gear on, played the game they won, and went on to win provincials. Could this dude take me to Boise State? <laughs> I, I got a rider game the next day. My kid's playing Boise State. I, I got I to find a way to get, the cage, I gotta find a way to get there. Yeah. Like This is like an underground. Like It's not underground, but it is. Like If you're Saskatchewan, and you know what it means. But I'm an urban guy. The only senior hockey I've ever been to is a couple of games in Milestone. Like I haven't been. So give me some give me some. Barnes, that if I really wanted to get the senior hockey oh. experience, I gotta go check. Oh, I got, can I go first? Yes, absolutely. Yesterday, uh, with my eight to five, I actually cover Southeast Saskatchewan, so a lot of our listeners were pretty popular in the Southeast in terms of other areas, and mm-hmm. I got invited out to Mooseman by the guy who uh, runs the town there, the rec director. He said, "I really want to show you our rink lounge." Okay, next time I'm in town, I'll stop by. Yeah, and uh, unbelievable ballsy. They got a lounge that overlooks the rink. 
they've probably got about 200 jerseys from former NHLers, guys from the area, Jeff Hodgers, and just all these guys, signed autographed jerseys, all this member. It's like a sports bar, yeah. but it overlooks the rink in Mooseman. He said, come here on a game night. It's packed. Like thousands of dollars they pull in for the team every time they play. So what league's that? That's in the big six. The working man's league. The big sexy, we call it on the podcast. So, okay, okay, so I'll, I'll get to that next break. I want to go through this. So th- there's that. You give me one. Um, I, I remember last year, and I forget who played, but it was in, they had to play in the uh, North, it's North Battleford. Yeah. They played in the North Battleford Civic Center. Miota Combines. Miota Combines. They packed it, and I think the 50 50 was over 10 grand. Yeah, there was and, one that was sixteen there in Kinder last yeah. year. Redvers more than more than going to be here probably tonight for the Brand yeah. Center for 50, Red Redvers Carnduff last year. They they because they send us the videos right. Like you said, it's like I want to say it's like a cult following. Yeah, it is. It's like goth music. Yeah, like goth music isn't huge, but the people that love goth music are into it. Like they they're going to sell out yeah. for uh, those those weirdos. So <laughs> this senior hockey when it gets into the provincial finals league finals. These barns are packed, and then you have businesses jumping in to guarantee $5,000 50 $50, $10,000 50-50. And like Brandon said, there was a $16,000 50-50 last year. Wow. We're going to take a break and come back with more of our senior hockey talk with the guys at the Monday Nooner Podcast live from the Brand Center here on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes, live from the Brand Center, getting set for the Pats and the Blades. Over 5,000 in here, and they've got some good crowds the rest of the way because Connor Bedard uh, lit it up at the World Juniors, kind of woke people up here in town. Hey, we do have the best player in junior hockey in the world. So uh, here's a question for you, fellas, before we get to our senior hockey talk with uh, Boz and Barry from the Monday Nooner podcast. Connor Bedard, greatest Pat ever? I would say I don't have any argument against it. I mean, obviously, we were mentioning off air his 15 year old year, he played like what 16 games or 20 games in the bubble and never really got a you know a fair look in a full season. In his, uh, and his he still kicked butt and he still was like point a game. I, I don't know how you compare him to the likes of Durkatch or Sillinger or Calendar or Everly, like different eras, right? It's the whole debate with mm. NHL guys, too. It's you wouldn't to be compare. wrong if you said he's the best. He's the best I've ever seen, put it that way. How about you? You've been around long, not yeah. as long as me, but... Yeah, I've, I've lived in the city for 16 years. I'm a Saskatoon guy, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> that has to be. And if people talk about Dale Durkatch, different era. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, generational, right? Like it's, Unreal. It's unbelievable. Okay, so let's talk about the matchups coming up in Provincials, because I know everybody was, uh, you guys had the big reveal this week on the Wednesday, and uh, tell me about some of the matchups. There is some controversy in the underground world of uh, senior hockey. I would say there was, I mean, Kelly McClintock with Hockey Saskatchewan, we joke with him, He's ne- he has a job, Ballsy, where you're never going to make everybody yeah. happy. You're always going to have people who, some you might be familiar with, people who <laughs> yeah. like you and people who don't. Yeah. So, I mean, I say tip of the cap to him and putting this together, but I know some people didn't like the fact that some of the best teams are are coming up against each other in round one. But uh, one highlight, I guess, for your listenership that's not too far away is in the Provincial C. Davidson and Keniston are playing in the South quarterfinal, I guess it is, round one. And they're two of the top four teams on our top ten show. So they're playing in round one by middle of February. One of the teams is going to be out. 
So it's is there was there a way around it, or is that just the like how does that work? It, it's tough, right? Because as Kelly had on our reveal show that was on YouTube, I think we have close to getting up to three thousand people watch. That is crazy. Nice. Um, you guys in Ireland at the bar, I know you watching were it. You know, you guys in their dressing room with flat screen on. It was it's so cool to see, and and thanks to Hockey Saskatchewan for for helping and and doing everything they do, but. Um, the problem is, is they don't try and pit two teams against each other that a have played last year or the year before. Okay, and then they try and stay away from two teams from the same league, which is hard to avoid sometimes. So, like Brandon said, you're not you're not going to please everybody. It's so difficult. And that that first round matchup, although it's in the first round, mm-hmm. those rinks will be absolutely. Packed. Packed and the hockey will be amazing. As I mentioned, the Monday Nooners hoping to to rent a bus and go up for one of the games, and you're invited to come yeah, and watch. I'm, I'm interested. And, um, <laughs> scared, <laughs> but interested. <laughs> no, and then you know, there's a uh, you survive milestone. You'll be yeah. Happy. There's yeah. another one in the first round in A, and we Kindersley, would be yeah, yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this one. Drake and Kindersley. Drake, the yeah. the, the champs, yeah. as Brandon said, yeah. and they've picked up. Seven guys. They picked up like we. I mentioned the Turtleford. Yes, guys. but they've also picked up four guys from Foam Lake, and I would say the Long Lake is the best league in the province. And these guys are the top line from Foam Lake, leading the league in scoring. They're going to Drake, so Drake's probably the team to beat. But Kindersley, like, is loaded, loaded right up. Right? Kindersley, if you listen to the to the Monday Nooner Senior Hockey Top Ten show, they're the number one team in the province that we've ranked. Boots on the ground. Mm. We got eyeballs. People have told us. <laughs> I got to see them practice. I didn't get to see them play. I'm telling you, Ballsy. Eighty five Oilers. It, <laughs> it was it was like watching. I'm not going to say an NHL. Yeah, they're yeah. not crazy. It was like watching an East Coast or an AHL team practice. Really huge, huge humans shooting the puck. Goalies were huge. Nothing to shoot at. And I I, I messaged these guys right away, and I was like, these they, guys are real. So they, how does that translate? Sorry for cutting no, you off, okay. How does that translate into like these venues? Like when you got big guys, or the rinks? <laughs> there must be a lot of real estate out there. <laughs> want to talk about rinks yeah <laughs> um it, 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 yeah that's why you got to watch and and i hope you come and watch like i will come i want to say one thing on kindersley so they they've been good for a few years they picked up a goalie this year travis child who played his full five years i believe in the dub swift current <sighs> and another town really good goalie one of the top in the province they've got uh, the Druzinskis. Mm-hmm. one played for the blades one had a cup of coffee with the ottawa senators seven eight years ago they're from lloyd minster uh, they picked up a couple other guys, Logan Stevenson, American Hockey League player. Like, it's good hockey, Mike, as we've told you many times. But. Yeah, I'm looking for Kindersley, they built a new rink. They screwed it up when they built it because I was calling Esteban Bruin games then, and then they went back to their old rink. So is that where the, the Kindersley team play? Like, where does the Kindersley team play out of that old original rink then? Or no, what? I, so my son just played in a tournament okay. there. Great facility. Yeah. They have the Junior A yeah. um, rink, which the senior team packed for provincials last year against Outlook and then they have this side rink that the new one that they just built amazing it probably only seats about 1500 yeah. track around banner they call it the real banner barn Derek Dorsett did anyway on the yeah, podcast former, yeah. but I got I got to mention this other matchup here yeah and and uh, don't get us wrong anyone listening sorry for missing your team yeah. you can just tune into the podcast but Macklin and Crake they play first round in Provincial D. This Crake Rink Ballsy 
is about as big as your work area. <laughs> I'm sure they call it the pillar dome. There's no glass down the sides. No glass. People hang over the boards. Last year I went to a game. There was about uh, 1,200 people. And the thing probably... Do you got to sign a waiver when you go into this e- rink? Exactly. Do you know how they say like at some rinks like the crowd is right on top of you? Literally in Craig, the crowd is right on top of you. And the ice surface is smaller than the Litzenberg outdoor rink. Really? In the Northwest. I'm, I'm, like, I'm serious here. And these and there was... Uh, this well, year, Craig's got two ex-NHLers playing on their team. Really? Is that uh, Blair Jones and uh, Jeremy Reach? Jeremy Reach, yeah, and then Mike Reach. Yeah, they're an unbelievable hockey team. So you want to see big men and bodies flying around in a small space, no glass, pucks flying everywhere. I gotta say, with Craig, one funny thing with them—they are in the Wheatland Hockey League. Some of their trips are to Hudson Bay, 450 kilometers one way to go play like a weekend set against Hudson Bay. Craig's been trying to get into other leagues and everyone keeps turning him away because they don't want to play in that rink. The old Boston Gardens. Okay, quickly before we go uh, and we plug your podcast once again, can you rank the leagues for me? Oh. You know, we've never really done that on the podcast and I I don't want to necessarily... So what's the... It, the what, Super League. The, the Some su- of me and my friends, I guess I'd say, Ballsy, I could probably tier them into, okay. into the elite, the mid, and then the okay, do potentially that. bottom. So okay. the top te- the top leagues would be the Long Lake, yeah. the Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League, yeah. the Sask Valley potentially in the bottom of the first tier, yeah. maybe the Sask West, Earth Kindersley, Wilkie. Big, big yeah. Six. Big Six, I would say, is the top of tier two yeah and um yeah so yeah. we kind of joke on the pod we call it like D- div three, three. Div three. And, and, and our div three leagues and, and no disrespect because i played in them yeah. right like uh you got you got the white mud out in the south the uh, southwest southwest yep yeah and then uh you also have Nauticue. the Nauticue hockey league but it's the nhl it, it, like there's still great players there's still great hockey yeah and you get into you get into playoffs and provincials these barns are packed and it's important, to them. it's important to yeah, them yeah you got beer gardens you got like it, it, it's so awesome and there's good teams in every league yeah like i think about langenberg the langenberg warriors they were gone for quite a few years they're back this year like they're in an average league but their top line is as good as any a guy named brock trotter who played two games for the montreal canadians he's from manitoba playing in langenberg this year he just signed to the east coast league yesterday and i'm pretty sure he took a pay cut and, and you, we, <laughs> not joking. Just to plug the pod, you can find us on all the socials, like we said, Monday Nooner. Brandon, you have to just tease the Jeff Odgers story, and then people can go and listen to it. Jeff Odgers story, which one? He just he's played. played Fifty-two oh, yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. So he's the coach of the Rokenville Tigers. Yeah. Guys love playing. Deer for sausage. Him. Jeff Odgers, former NHLer, eight hundred games, former uh, analyst in Atlanta. Just a yep. awesome guy, right? Uh, so he's the coach. He's making deer sausage with his buddies on a Friday afternoon. Having a few cocktails. That's what small town guys do when they make deer sausage. It turns into a full day event. So they got a group chat with the team, and they're looking really light for the next day. Like, they're not going to have enough to play. So Aji has quite a few drinks, and he decides, he messages the group, says, I'm in. And he hasn't played for quite a few years. He's 53 years old. So, yeah, he he lived up to his word, woke up the next day. He said to his wife, I think I might have. She said, you did. You said you'd play. He played, he played, scored a goal, two assists. He had he had to go into his storage container to get a backup stick, and 
Autographed Brent- Sean Hill. Autographed Sean Hill synergy. <laughs> That's what he took to the game. This is a back. This, these are the kind of stories you get on the yeah. Monday awesome. podcast. He also played with a uh, Brendan Shanahan autograph stick yeah. five or six years ago when both of his sticks broke on a Friday. No sports swore in Rokenville. Seacan. <laughs> Brendan Shanahan. Kind of like that girl. Yeah, nice. Yeah, senior so, hockey game. Beauty. Hey. Great stories. Barry and Boz at the Monday Nooner podcast. Check him out on Twitter and all the socials. And you guys. If I can do it, you save me a spot on that bus. I'm going Absolutely. to check it out. One more thing. We're going to be doing a bracket challenge for all the senior hockey divisions. Oh, yeah. Free, free to enter. Okay. Prizes. Monday Nooner on Twitter uh, over the next few days. We'll have the details. Awesome. Listen back to this. If you missed any of this interview uh, on our uh, podcast later, and like I said, check them out at the Monday Nooner podcast. Thanks for everything you're doing with Senior yeah. Hockey 2 Ballsy yeah. and giving the platform. Oh, for sure, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Enjoy your weekend. And like I said, you guys, you got to hook me up. I can't wait to go and check out that on Jeff Audren. The Brendan Shanahan stick. I love it. That'll do it for our show. If you missed the show, man, you list, uh, missed a lot, you can check it out in podcast. Podcast form coming up here at six thirty-five. It is Dante DeCaria and Pat's hockey versus the Saskatoon Blades tonight. Tomorrow against the Portland Winterhawks. Still tickets available, but we'll have a healthy crowd in here tonight. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. Six twenty CKRM.